Blog Talk Radio. Another edition of Archivist's Bets on Sexy, which is a podcast from the Geek Girls perspective. And I am the head hauntress, and here we are, a little bit under six months from now. It'll be Halloween. And as a horror geek, our world revolves around Halloween. So why not start the party six months ahead of time. Why not? I mean, the people that do Christmas, they do it six months ahead of time, sometimes a year ahead of time if they're one of those fancy display people. So why not? Why not do it? So for 12 years now, 12 years, 12 years, I'm feeling so old. On the internet, I've been doing the Halloween horror movie Marathon Madness. It's a film contest. You watch many films in this theme genre that we choose every year. Watch as many as you can, as many horror films as you can. Just keep watching, keep watching, keep watching for point system. The judges will help you with that. We'll talk about that in detail later in the broadcast, but it's here, the theme. And tonight, we have a hell of a show for you. I'm so excited. This is like, I haven't been so excited and terrified for a show this long, uh, partly because I'm having sound problems again with blog talk. They keep kicking me off air. So I'm warning people if I go off air and I'm being honest right now, but for some reason I disappear, keep going, keep going, <laughs> please keep going and I'll come back. Somehow I will return to air. It will record. It seats recording, but for some reason it does weird stuff. But uh, we're hoping, we're hoping doesn't that happen? So we're praying to whatever gods, the old and new, uh, that like protects technology. Um, let's hope it might be a merch green record thing, and we just can't do anything about it. But let's just keep positive thoughts on that. Anyway, let's keep going. But first, before we get to that, we are going to talk about Crypticon Seattle. I just came back from there. I saw my former cone host Queenie Todd in person for the first time after working with her for four years on the witches. Like we started the sexy witches together. Uh, And, uh, you know, she's now doing her own thing on her YouTube, the Queenie Todd channel, which she'll have a recover her own coverage of Crypticon Seattle posted there very soon. But I'll give a quick, uh, row on that as well and then after the hour talk at 9.30 of thank you uh, for the Halloween horror movie marathon madness we can call it the madness for short I have a special treat uh, I have director 
genre director, not just any genre director, genre director that I'm so excited to have this guy on the show. Uh, if he's done every kind of genre that you can think of. When they mean genre director and they look his name in the dictionary, you will find this man because he can do it all. Action, horror, uh, and comedy. He's got TV under his belt. He has every type of film you can style and substance. And, and it's, his name is Brian Trenchard Smith. He's from Australia. He's, uh, he's also in English ties, and he's been directing films for four decades. And we're going to talk to him tonight, and I'm so honored to have him on the show. You can see I'm already flubbing it because I'm so nervous. Uh, but it's great. I'm so excited to have him on, and he directly relates to the theme of the madness tonight. So we will be talking about him during the madness segment before he's not. So I'm so excited to have Brian Trenchard Smith and his interview will be at 1030. So even if you don't want to listen to the madness, which you should, you should learn about the contest. It's going to be awesome. You should stay on. You should definitely come and join us live at 1030 and listen to the interview of Brian Trenchard Smith. And you can call in at any time during this um, this podcast. We are live and it is 646-716-9172. Once again, that is 646-716-9172. The Sexy Witches are looking forward to your call. Anyway, before we get on, we got a couple introductions. On the line with me for the first part of tonight's podcast is my Sexy Witch, the Sexy Porn Witch in Charleston, Charleston, West Virginia. What am I doing, Erin Marie? See how nervous I am? Let me scratch that. Start over. In Clifton Forge, Virginia, my sexy porn witch, please welcome Erin Marie. Hello. How's that? Hello. (laughs) I'm glad to be on. Still getting over. Still getting over my upper respiratory part of the con crud because after the podcast Hmm. last week, Wednesday was a full blown flu day. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. Well, I'm sorry. But at least, at least it was over quick. <laughs> well, that is good to hear. Um, now, hold on just a minute. I'm going to bring them right in. The country on the other side of the world in Orange County hmm. is the cuz from partner. I got both of my partners in crimes on for conventions on this coast on with. Now to talk about conventions, so please welcome to the show as well, because himself, my sexy warlock of Orange County, Aaron Kogan. Hello, sir. How you doing? What up? Doing okay. How y'all doing? Doing all right. Like I said, I'm nervous. I haven't been this nervous <laughs> in a while. And you know, you, you know what happens when I get nervous. I start getting pacey, <laughs> and I can't pace right now because I'm on the on air. So I have to sit in a chair going, oh. So, that anyway. is a lot so, of nervous energy. You should drink more coffee because that will help. Oh, it does. It does. And I just got a full <laughs> cup thanks to my husband I'm right sure here. I'm drink it right now. We can't see. Your name. <laughs> So, so uh, before we get too crazy into CryptoCon, I'll give a quick recap. I wanted to know, and we're going to start with Aaron Kogan. Uh, do you have anything to report on your side of the world? Uh, well, we had a brilliant free comic book day. Um, as you all know, uh, the first Saturday in May is always free comic book day. 
uh, comic book vendors who decide to participate uh, to subscribe to a whole bunch of books that are made uh, just for that day. Then they pay for them. So when you go into the store, you have to make sure that you, you know, tip your bartender and buy some stuff. And I did. I went a little crazy. I found some stuff that I've been looking for, including a couple beautiful, I mean, gorgeous uh, variant covers of Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. There's one that is just so gorgeous and Art Nouveau. I'm, if I were to get an Elvira tattoo, that would be the one. And then um, so much geeky stuff coming up in this month. It's just crazy. Do you want me to run, run it down now or, or leave it for later? Yeah. No, no, no. We don't have time later. Um, this is it. <laughs> all right. Um, let's see. Uh, next Monday at the Chinese Theater, the world-famous Chinese in Hollywood, we have uh, the Deep Space Nine documentary, uh, What We Left Behind, uh, featuring the very first time uh, some uh, high-res uh, reshot footage of or remastered footage of Deep Space Nine with some of the cast and crew. Very excited for that. On my birthday proper, we have uh, the next John Wick film, uh, Parabellum, coming out. Really excited for that. And I am going to be spending my birthday night in a cemetery watching uh, the premiere of Good Omens. Uh, the late Sir Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman's uh, wonderful, fantastical work. And the rumor is that we're going to get Neil Gaiman there. So my birthday in a cemetery with Neil Gaiman doesn't suck that much. Uh, we got Godzilla coming out, um, King of the Monsters, and there was something else. Oh, oh, this Friday. This Friday we have a Dark Delicacies in Burbank reopening the grand reopening at their new location. I hope to be there front and so, uh, center when the doors open. Well, that's all wonderful. So uh, you sound very busy. Yes. Much, much geekness, <laughs> much nerddom. Well, it's training Maybe. for San Diego. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, I started listening to the San Diego podcast. Um, that started on May 1st and um, made a command decision. I had to choose between the Her Universe pageant again or the Animaniacs. Remember I told you they're doing live in concert. I decided because if I take the evil genius with me, I'm going to get the Animaniacs because that's going to be awesome. And I'm sure they're going to have a panel inside also. Probably on animation day. Yeah, so uh, if they're all there, it makes sense, right, that the new Animaniacs would have a panel. So I think I'm going to do that because I love the Animaniacs so much, and I love Rob Paulson and all those guys. Oh, my gosh, it's so bad. I love how much they're they're awesome. So anyway, thanks for the report. And I'm going to move back over to the East Coast here and come see the Sexy Porn Witch. How are we doing, Sexy Porn Witch? Do you have anything to report? No. Still so. <laughs> Except for a big guy. Huh? What did you say? Oh, it sounded like a car was passing you, a truck. <laughs> I I heard that too, but I thought it was on somebody else's end. I think that was me. I had a plane going over. Sorry. Oh, of course you do. Are you outside in your Orange County house? No, no. I live next to a, a small airport. 
Yeah, happen I know. Sometimes. That's what I'm saying. Are you outside? Because I know you can hear them all the time. No, that one was just close. Oh, okay. Flat-hatting <laughs> son of a bitch. No, <laughs> I, that airport's awesome, though. I do like sitting in your backyard and, and looking at the planes go overhead. It is pretty cool. I agree. Yeah. So, all right, Aerie, so you don't have too much to report then. No, no. I'm I'm uh, really excited about Lucifer season four premiering tomorrow on Netflix. And it's the last one, right? No, um, it's it was canceled by Fox, and this is the first season it got picked up by Netflix. Oh, so it's a new season on Netflix. Exactly, it's a new season on Netflix. They did it like they did with the rest of the development, and what else did they pick up um, that got canceled? I can't remember, but um, I wish they'd save more shows. Well, they have their own to make as well. So, you know, I'm looking <laughs> forward to the haunting of Bly House. I've been, they, it was like one of the things everyone was excited for at um, Crypticon was, you know, is the Flanagan, next, the next season Flanagan's doing. So we're all looking forward to that too. And he's going to be a part of this conversation tonight a little bit. Um, so, uh, before I go into Crypticon here in a couple of minutes, I do want to say that the FP has an official release date. Nice. So the new my the FP two beats the rage, the film I helped be a part of, and, and I'm in, uh, and it's Jason Trock's follow up to the cult hit the FP, which you can find on YouTube, by the way. Uh, if you have never seen it, you should absolutely see it, and the sequel. On Amazon Prime on May 31st. So May 31st is a huge day to have a film come out because not only on May 31st is the FP2 Beat the Rage coming out, you can also see Godzilla, King of the Monsters, in the theaters that day, and the Deadwood movie also drops uh, on HBO. So uh, basically, I'm going to be in the house most of that weekend, except for my daughter also on my personal end, Genius is actually in The Lion King that weekend. So I've, I have to go see oh, that. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I have to Who go see she that. Anything? She's a giraffe. Nice. <laughs> yeah, she's a giraffe and a wildebeest, apparently. <laughs> everyone's a wildebeest. Okay, but yeah. speaking of networks, we should probably mention that uh, The Wandering Earth uh, showed up on Netflix this weekend, apparently with no preamble, no no announcement, and it's uh, supposed to be some bomb Chinese sci-fi blockbuster, like the biggest hit China ever had. So yeah, um, we've talked about it, it on the show before. Uh, it, yeah. I, I noticed IO9 had an article on it this afternoon, and yeah, so yeah, thank you for reminding me. Wandering Earth, yeah, it has the biggest. Chinese opening. It's, it's even though we, these Marvel films open huge in China, this yep. beat that. Um, so I, I'm, I'm gonna put that. Watch it very soon. I got, I'll get back to you on that. Can't one. wait. Can't wait to see it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Exactly. So great. Um, so let me go in talk about science fiction and and the horror. And so I caught up. <laughs> I, I got up at four in the morning. Um, Eastern Time on Friday, got on a plane, flew to Seattle, and didn't go to bed until midnight, on, which is early on the first night of a convention. It was past midnight, on, and so I was almost up for the full 24 hours because I didn't sleep on the plane. 
Uh, <laughs> so I, it was actually an amazing first day. I had, you know, it's conventions. I'm actually really surprised I don't have Concred, even though my brain is absolute bush. Uh, <laughs> but I landed early there, and I had most of the day. And so I actually sat there and did research for this show because, of course, tonight's a big night with the madness and Brian Trenchard Smith calling in at 1030 Eastern Standard Time uh, or Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, So but I land and I'm like, of course, you know, I don't expect to know many people there, especially that early. But I get up and about an hour or two after I got there, I recognized someone. It was pushing a bunch of boxes and there was James Narath of uh, Vinegar Syndrome, (laughs) who was one of the Connecticut guys. I thought it was going to be the L.A. guys doing the Seattle show uh, and they were going to do the Texas Frightmare show but um, Brandon was at Texas Frightmares and James was at Crypticon Seattle so I was actually had someone there I knew I was like hey what's up we said oh, what's up and I said show on and off it was a lot of fun to see him uh, and uh, Vinegar Syndrome had a great select new titles uh, really good ones and so I picked uh, from his table, which is about uh, an evil cat on a boat. It's really, really crazy. I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> I really wanted to get evil a copy of it. So, on a boat. Yes, that pukes up other b- evil cats. I kid you not. This is a really weird movie. Uh, that is so full of awesome. I haven't seen it in forever, and I can't wait to see I'm going to watch that shit. Um, he also did something very, very nice. Uh, I was there to see Queenie, my former and It was really neat to see her. And I also saw Michelle Ness while I was there. Matter of fact, Michelle Ness and I stared a room, and Queenie stayed one night with us. And that was very nice to see both of them. I'm happy. But I took, um, I took her to the Vinegar Syndrome tale because, as Erin Marie knows, I give some, uh, uh, usually give something off the, the Vinegar Syndrome table as a present. And you have a, par- a birthday on a uh, convention weekend. And there was happened to be in our immediate circle of people that were hanging out together. There were three people that had birthdays within a couple of days of that convention. So this was kind of party. Uh, you know, really, really happy. Uh, Queenie cleaned up. Oh my God. She got a DVD player and a huge stack of DVDs on top of the one I gave her. So I ended up buying her Demon Wind, uh, which is always a good go-to. And if you haven't seen Demon Wind, you can also watch the last um, drive-in. Joe Bob just did an episode with Demon Wind. Erin Marie loves Demon Wind. I ended up not being able to get it for her last time because it was out and I ended up giving her Corpse Grinders. Is that Karen Marie? Yes, I do have Corpse Grinders. I also have another Vinegar Syndrome um, release. And I noticed that uh, Joe Bob um, uses a couple of different Vinegar Syndrome um, prints of the movie. Well, they're, they're really good. And and uh, apparently they're doing pretty darn well. Uh, I'm really excited for these guys. They're doing so well with this business, and that they have a retail shop that's my mind more. So I, you know, shout out to Vinegar Syndrome, shout out to James. I'm so glad he did well this weekend. And it was funny because of course they were making an absolute killing in Texas because everyone always does there. So they had a really good weekend. That- 
the vendors doing well. Uh, so I'm always with the vendors on. And, um, you know, the show was exactly a lot. Okay, people often say that Crypticon is a little bit small. And it is in the sense that the vendor's floor and the, the signatures are all in one room. Like, and, and they can all fit there <laughs> pretty comfortably. Uh, you know, if you go to Dead, there's two rooms, and, and there's three rooms, technically, if you count the upstairs, scares the cares. Uh, you know, and there's a lot more space. But um, there's a lot of things about this, because they have the one small room of vendors' rooms. The actual one floor is completely devoted to panels. And that's really nice too. And there's two larger rooms where films play and where the guests are do their Q and A's. Uh, so that was really cool. Very nice layout. And there was it was busy and not but not full. All the panels people at them. Um, and and remember, there's simultaneous panels like a major con would have, and they were always booked and full. And everyone was buying stuff on the vendors floor. I was very pleased. With the moot, with the layout of this place, and a lot of people were saying this is one of the better cryptons they've had in a while. So I would say that I was very pleased and and delighted what I was getting, and uh, I, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I wasn't there to, to see many celebrities, anyways. I was actually really only there to see two, uh, Barbara Steele and Jonah Ray, and I got to meet both of them, and that was just amazing. Among other people. A lot of locals uh, in the geek film scene, and uh, I love. I, there's so many. I can't. I don't even know if I could list them all, but uh, <laughs> I could. I, I have like Haley, especially, uh, and Alejandro. All these people, they know who they are. I hope they're listening. I, whole weekend, great. Everyone was really nice, and I was nervous, but it was awesome. I met a lot of good people. Uh, I really, the only, I didn't have any issues with anything there. It was really, really nice. To have, and it was a fun time. And there was nice cosplay. Uh, I was there to see Jonah Ray and Barbara Steele. Got to see both their interviews. Jonah Ray ended up being like, um, you know how we, uh, Aaron Marie, how you fell in love with Carrie Ells after the Q&A? Oh, Absolutely. I think I'm in love with Jonah Ray. I definitely have a, I definitely have a generational crush on him because after meeting him, he is delightful. And okay, so one coolest thing I think is a lot of potential, and I want to see this developed more at other conventions. But the one thing I thought was kind of interesting is on the penthouse floor, it was actually closed off to the public, and the rooms were turned into different bars and seating areas, and they called it the 13th floor. And so you pay your, your little entrance fee, and there were drinks. Like there was one room, the pirate room sold drinks for uh, mixed well drinks for two bucks a drink, so that's where I ended up. Uh, you know, so, uh, and there was trivia up there, horror trivia, which uh, Queenie was on my team, and there was a young couple, and we won. <laughs> that was, I let them have the trophy though I kept some of the swag but I gave the young couple the trophy because they'll love it more than I will and even though I'm very happy that I won even though I felt like I was sucking uh, which is funny but Jonah, but we're up there partying on Saturday night 
Uh, everyone is, right? As we're, and, and we're partying. We go see friends. There's people there. Hello, what's up? Hello. And we go in a room, and there's Jonah Ray just partying like everybody else. He's sitting there drinking, talking to people. And, you know, and next thing you know, it's just like a big circle, and everyone's talking, and Jonah Ray is cool. And it was just really awesome to just hang, if you know what I'm saying. It was, you know, he's a total dork and geek like us, and he's really tall. He's 6'5" over everybody which was really interesting you know talking was like hi and I've talked to him at his table a little bit uh, and I, I stalked him I stalked him at his panels and it was great uh, <laughs> so uh, the local guys uh, and, and which are the city of geek uh, and and the panels I went to on the local geek side uh, related to horror comics and YouTube. I wanted to help my evil genius develop the YouTube side of things, which is what she's interested in. Uh, and uh, I also saw an extreme horror, uh, horror classics. And on the other side, I saw the best, which was, you know, by that point, they actually knew my name and I felt a little bit embarrassed. Who I was at this point, everybody did because <laughs> I was stalking all the panels. Uh, but I really enjoyed listening to people talk about their favorite films, and I wanted to go to panels, see something maybe I can learn something new. And sometimes I did. And uh, one of the coolest things is one of the guys that worked the film, do you remember the horror film Baskin? Either yeah. one of you. Absolutely. Baskin, no. Well, yes, that's the the Turkish one, Turkish right? Film. Yeah, it is. Uh, this guy, not Baskin, but he composed. Uh, he was he's a composer for the same director, and he did mm. a bunch of other films. He had a huge lit, like he had a stack of Turkish horror knockoffs. That book was posted. Mm during the panel, the foreign horror panel, and he kept showing all this stuff. So the the, the, the city of geek went uh, on that one was like, she just looked at him and looked at that pile and was, it's like Christmas! <laughs> you know, she's just like, so it was amazing. Like, like, like what he was, suddenly I now have to go look up every Turkish horror film knockoff there is since Bella Lugosi. Uh, you know, they were one of the first people to do it. Uh, so I, like, it was real. That that was actually very pleasantly surprising. Um, I met someone also on the extreme horror panel that had all seventy-two. Hey, you you keep cutting out on us. Yeah, I noticed that too. Maybe it dropped it? I think she might have dropped out. So which would you rather hear, my bagpipes or my my poetry? <laughs> I'm kidding. You, yeah. I mean, oh, you can talk both on poetry. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm going to play the nose flute right now. No. I'm not going to do that either. It's better than the skin flute. <laughs> oh, oh, for the win. Didn't Thank even you. see that one coming, phrasing. Uh, taking a bow. <laughs> hey, we only I, have two episodes. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say that I completely forgot because she, you know, asked what we had seen in the past mm-hmm. couple of weeks. 
I, I watched the Ted Bundy movie. Oh, you did. I've been hearing mixed things about that. What do you I think? think? I think what's really getting people is the fact that they were looking forward to seeing the murder and mayhem that he caused. And mm-hmm. it's not that at all. It's from the human side. It's it's um, from the perspective of the two people that believed in his innocence. Huh. And and watching him, uh, like, you're you're finding out with the characters that he's a monster. You know, all you see is the charming side the entire mm. time. And, that, and of well, course, um, you know, they covered how he made his escapes and everything like that too, but they didn't they didn't show any of the murders. So I think that's what's really pissing people off. Since it wasn't more gruesome, they they expected more. Well, certainly but on I, the I, horror I, sites that I follow, the horror pages that I, I look at, everyone was thinking it was going to be horror. So I, I completely understand their disappointment that they didn't. Exactly. But I I really, really liked the, it because I liked the perspective they took of it. Hmm. So you, you recommend know, I w- it? Hmm? So you recommend well, it? Yes, I do. I do. You just have to go in knowing that you're not going to see the murders. <laughs> That's fair. I was going to say, um, since she's gone, and I guess it's our show now. <laughs> um, we've only got two episodes of Game of Thrones, and uh, the fans are kind of having a hissy fit. Um, how upset it. are people going to be if things don't end well for their favorite character, A, and number two, have these people not been watching Game of Thrones for the past fucking whatever years? Yeah, what's Do they not funny? know who George R. R. Martin is and what he does? <laughs> hey, good coverage, guys. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I covered the Ted Bundy movie because I forgot I watched it. Okay, Extreme. great. Uh, I'm really wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Yeah, I have to see it still. I am so sorry about that. It happened. The worst possible thing just happened. So hopefully that will all change. I'm actually on my emergency headphones, uh, so I hope they have enough charge in them. So we'll keep well, our fingers crossed. Oh, my um, God. I, did, I, mean, I, didn't I did, did a, a little uh, poetry and bagpipes. Erin uh, Marie did some interpretive dance. It was pretty great. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. The game – it's Game of Thrones thing. I want to say something. I thought it was so freaking beautiful how they handled the sex scene between Jamie and Brienne. Uh, I thought it was perfect. It was. It wasn't like, oh, I'm in love. Blah, blah, blah. It was nervousness and and mm-hmm. triumph and, and despair all, all at the same time, and it was just beautiful. So I I really want to say that. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I don't know where I was on the Crypticon, but we uh, kind of ran out of time without me dropping out. Uh, so I'm sorry about not giving a full recap, but I want to say thank you to everyone that was at Crypticon. Uh, Queenie especially and Michelle, oh, my God, you guys were amazing, and you made me feel so wonderfully, like, accepted. And I would go back next year if I can. I don't know if I'll be able to, but um, I definitely am going to have you guys. I'm going to think about you guys and that trip. Uh, for a while, so uh, you know, you know, I care about you guys, and thank you. So, uh, but we have so much to do. 
right now. I mean, so much. And my other callers are calling in because we have to move on because we have a tight schedule tonight. So um, curses to the sound. Okay, everyone, we got to once again hope I don't drop out this time. Uh, even mm-hmm. if it is that six-second delay, just remember I'm on six-second delay like you guys are now uh, for a bit. Maybe I'll be able to try to call back in on a break. But we don't have any music, so we're going to just go straight into stuff. Um, so let me bring other people on the line one at a time. So be patient. I'll get to you in a moment. So uh, 3404 area code, you're on with Sexy Witches. Hey, how's it going? It's me. Hey. Hey, that sounds like Steve. Hey, what's now. Steve? How's your repo hey, nerd what's world, up? Uh, doing, how's, it, how's it hanging in repo uh, nerd land? Repo nerd land is uh, hanging uh, kind of soft and easy this e- evening. It's kind of huh. just a, a chill night here in the mountains. Ah, excellent, excellent. You have a couple of quick things that you have done recently that I saw. You got to interview someone really cool, didn't you? Yes, I did. That's actually being published tomorrow morning on uh, the two, five, uh, 25 years later. Um, Jen Wexler, writer-director of uh, The Ranger through Glass Eye Picks. Uh, that'll be out on yeah. on May 9th. I, I, I'm like so cool. I'm She's so cool. I can't wait. I can't wait. Thank you. Oh my God. It, it, you you just touched like greatness by just talking to that woman. I think that woman, Jen yeah. Wexler, might be the answer to our horror pairs. Like she's really good. She's really so. good. And you know, we talked a lot about uh, you know just the fact that she's all you know she's been producing with glass eye picks for for like a decade now and just um as her first feature i was lucky enough to get a screener of it and i saw it and i I just uh i you know without of course spoiling anything it's definitely a great really just really cool film really cool and she's 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 really nice just a really great person really cool i was really then that was really my first interview like that uh over so that was uh very a little daunting but she she couldn't have been nicer so yeah it was it was really great excellent so you stay on the line for a moment because i gotta bring on another sexy witch here all right now right. 971 area code you're on with the sexy witches hey girl hey it's raven ah hello hey. the enchantress of nevermore how you doing I'm hanging, I'm hanging in there, um, just watching some BMX bandits, like you do. Excellent. <laughs> oh, I know, especially tonight. Uh, you are definitely watching BMX bandits. So, who's bigger? Who's the bigger star in that, Nicole Kidman or her hair? <laughs> huh. Wow. Um, there was a rat that I really liked in it um, that I thought did a really good job. Who is a good actor. Um, and I don't think he probably gets enough praise. So good job to the rat. Um, and Yay, I don't think Nicole rat. Kidman's hair is her fault or her favor. But uh, <laughs> as I, I said like earlier you know, today, I'm not that... sitting on it. It's, I think it okay. looks kind of amazing. Okay. Oh, I was okay. just saying, who, yeah. you know, because but what, but when I see her in the movie, that's like the first thing. Like that is the profile. It's like this oh, yeah. beautiful, like red mane of 
lion hair. Oh, yes. Yes, she's sassy. So, so no. No, no, no. I'm not dissing on Nicole Kidman at all. I actually, but it is kind of funny. It's like, whoa. You know, it's amazing. It's a fun movie. I thought I watched that recently as well. So, anything else to report? Let's see. Oh, yes. Well, okay. (laughs) I'm always on the weather, but I have to tell you one. Tomorrow, for the first time in history, it's going to be 20 degrees hotter in Portland, Oregon than it's going to be in Burbank. Wow. For the first time in recorded history. Yeah. What? And and being from Portland, our motto was always April showers bring May showers. It's usually still raining up there. And then someone someone turns off the spigot around Fourth of July. So that's they're gonna be whining and sad. Um, you know, it was it was it was dry and cool actually most of my trip. It was it was it was really Oh yeah, it's supposed to be in the eighties in Seattle. Seattle tomorrow too. Yeah. You just oh, missed wow. it, I think. Oh maybe uh, Or you brought I it. Well, I brought it with me. Yeah, it could have been one of those things. But uh, it was it was a really fun time to go to Crypticon and see Queenie. And I I cried on her shoulder when I when she left. I was like, oh, was it for you for saying yes? Because you know if she didn't have said yes, the podcast wouldn't have existed. So you know it, it's pretty cool. Um, That's so awesome. Let's. But even before the podcast, I've been doing weird stuff on the internet. You know, before I knew how to podcast, you know, I knew how to radio. I radio, I did radio when I was in high school. So I actually have done radio before, but I, you know, when social media came to be, I didn't, you know, it was a wild and woolly world on MySpace. Nobody really knew what they were doing. So one day I started, I used to have this contest with my father uh, where we did VHS tapes. We'd go to science fiction and fantasy area mostly, not necessarily horror, but we would try to get the worst possible film on the shelf and see who could outdo it. And we would like battle. Like we saw a lot of bad and B movies. Some were better than others. Uh, A lot of them ended up on Mystery Science Theater 3000, going back to John Ray being at Crypticon, uh, and it always was a good litmus test for boyfriends, because I lost two over Mystery Science Theater, because I knew the films before it came out, basically. Uh, it scares them away. Uh, good riddance. Uh, I like my little Yeah, they don't show. deserve you. Oh. <laughs> no, fuck them. Right? My, even my husband, though, um, he, who stuck with me for most of the years, uh, was like, wow, you really have seen this movie? Oh, yeah, this is, this is about to happen. Wow, you know, but of course that first season that we got in Comedy Central, like Gamera, and you know, there was a lot of movies I had already seen. Uh, it was put it that way. Uh, you know, it, it, but it, but we also started noticing tropes. Like I didn't know to call it tropes at the time. We'd always been fans of horror films, like the classics, like Hammer and Universal and Mario Bava, like the early what. I would consider, but never modern films. I really didn't get into modern films myself until 1988 when I first saw uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. And then suddenly my whole viewpoint changed on horror. Uh, You know, that's the movie that triggered what we're doing now, basically. And um, so the point system was invented, a loose one, when I was a kid with my father. Oh, well, look, they did this. Ha ha, she tripped without being, you know, without being, while she was chased, ha ha ha, with no assistance. You know, things like that. We started noticing that. So one day, 
just for the fun of it, I put it on 12 years ago. Well, folks, I put it on the internet, um, the game, and a loose version of the, of the point system. And, and the madness was born, the Halloween horror movie marathon madness. And what was even more terrifying in that first year is people actually played. <laughs> I was in shock. Like, people actually wanted to do it. Uh, and then 12 years later, here we are. It's changed over the years. It's evolved. Uh, we definitely, um, definitely aren't the same as we were that first year. Uh, you know, but we still have some basic things. And one of the basic things, basically, in the Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness is to watch as many horror films as you can. Any mm-hmm. horror film. Watch it. Love it. That's Embrace right. them. Suck them in. Osmosis. All of it. Mm-hmm. Fill your body from rim <laughs> to rim with horror. The point system is fun, too. You want to play the game as it's written. It can be fabulous. And this year, it's going to be a huge gambit of films running all over the place uh, with one important central theme that we'll get to in a few minutes. Because every year, the Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness, even though all horror, all horror is accepted, all horror is accepted. Some films will be worth more than others. I'm not going to get into the point sure. system on this on this trip. I will do that when I le- read the actual rules live in October, in September, right before the madness starts. But I will talk about the theme and what kind of films that we're going to follow. But once again, this year's theme is so wide in 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 diversity of film, and 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 some. Even though there is a lot of white men on this list this year, oh. yeah, there's quite a few mm. white men. Mm-hmm. Glad Couldn't they're finally helped. getting their due. Could be helped. <laughs> I tried. There will be a little, quite a bit of diversity in its own way. We do have folks represented about from Japan on the list. We have people represented from. Uh, Mexico on the list. We have some women on the list. We have some non-horror geeks on the list. So that's going to be interesting because I couldn't avoid that either. So what is it? I've been dropping hints for the last month. I can't get it. You have. You can't get it. You have. I can't get it. All right. Well, here, let's, let's see. Why don't you guys try to give me, and maybe I'll give you some hints here. So you, you've been seeing some of the things I've dropped. One of the things I dropped was Pit Cemetery by Mary Lambert. Right, oh, I guessed animals, I and that was not it. What did you say, Aaron? I said I guessed animals, and you said uh, good guess, but that's not it. Nope, that's not it, not animals. All right, Massive let me give you another horror one. directors? Ha! How did you get that? Because the dinner photo, it just hit me because a week ago, I guess, Stephen uh-huh, King. Yeah. And uh-huh. But then the photo, I don't know why, but then you just said Mary Lambert, and you said it was a lot of white dudes, and it all just hit me at once, just seriously, just now. And you have you have brought attention to Masters of Horror in a couple of hints. 
Yes, I but have. I was Stephen and King. Everyone... But I had thought it was Stephen King. Oh, but you're right on that, too. Everyone, before I get into details, let's give uh, Steve a round of applause and a, and a standing up. <laughs> oh, all right. It is. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. He's like, you know, Thank have you, you ever seen Witches of Eastwick and they can't say Daryl's name uh, until she breaks <laughs> it? That's exactly what you just did. You just broke the spell and now the world can know the thing. All right. Are you ready? All right. So this year's Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness subtitle is, here we go, from world, of the King and the Master. And this year's films are going to be sell. Uh, in particular, we are going to focus on the films of Stephen King adaptations, Clive Barker adaptations, and the re- producer and director Nick Garris. Nice. So, uh, right. so that is the Nick pen. Garris. Yeah. So Nick Garris is a, a producer and writer, and he's adapted a lot of Stephen King. He directed, I believe, The Stand on TV as well, which, by the way, Stephen King is about to be on Postmortem tomorrow on Mick Garrett's yeah. show. He's restarting Postmortem with uh, Stephen yeah. King, talking cool. about the 25th anniversary of The Stand. So I'm saying that now. This is all related. See, it, I'm always timely, whether I realize it or not. Uh, Mick Garris also started having a few years back dinners with some people, uh, which now is known as the Masters Horror Dinner. It was supposed to be bi-monthly. It's not really bi-monthly, but every once in a while they have one or they go or they're honoring a horror director. So this year's list, so a lot of it, so there's going to be a couple of lists of names this year that we are going to study as part of this whole thing. So uh, the Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness of the Kings and the Masters. Now, I don't expect you to remember what I'm about to tell you right now, but I am going to tell you this list, and it will be on the rules. Now, it might evolve a little bit, not this first list, but the, uh, the second, uh, some of this might evolve a little bit over time because we've still got six months away. But basically, this is a list of people's um, directors. I'm focusing on the directors except for one exception. Um, I'm, I'm, we're going to do directors this year. Okay, so it's all directors on these lists. Let's save one. And there was initially 10 directors and a production designer on the initial Masters of Horror Dinner mm. that was hosted by Mick Carroll. These people that I'm about to read to you, this list will not change. This list is solid, are the first list of people. And every movie they have ever done will be the highest grade value. Our point system uh. is based on time watch and value of theme. So these will be what we call our automatic triple bonus, which I'll get into in later on. But these are all ATB for short. That's correct. Most of these yeah. films will be six points, which will be our high point value for a film in a, uh, you know, in a, whatchamacallit, a, two, a one and a half hour to two hour format, like most horror films. So here we go. Hold, are you guys ready? Hold on to your butts. The list. You ready? Yeah. Hold on. Yep. Ready. Cheeks and hands. All right. Excellent. Of course, we got horror host Mick Garrett. He's first. Okay, so he produces and directs and anything he's and written. Not story by, we're not going by story by or executive producer credits. Those don't count. It has to be a real producing credit, a a real writing credit, 
or a directing credit for these people. So remember that. So anything that they have that's above the line. So Mick Garris, and believe me, he's done it all. Here's one of people's favorites, John Carpenter, of course. Yeah. These were all, nice. and believe it or not, this is the yeah. first dinner. These guys were all I'm eating together that day. Entire so Mick Garris, John Carpenter, Larry Cohen, rest in peace, one of my favorite directors. God, so I'm good. really happy to see him on the list. Oh, yeah. John Cassavelli, who is also one of my favorite right. directors. I'm sorry, did you say John Cassavetes? No, Cassarelli. 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 All right, just want to make sure. Master, (laughs) Bubba Hotep, what else? John Dye at the end. Okay, Uh, Phantasm. That's why he's on this list, is Phantasm. Um, Joe Dante, of course. Not a surprise. McGarris and him are good friends. Here's where we get a little bit of diversity, Guillermo del Toro. Uh, Another one of, uh, well, the next three people are like gods. One of them I've actually met, Um, Stuart Gordon. Woo! Stuart Gordon, dog, automatic triple bonus. One of my favorite films of all time. Toby Freak, Texas Chainsaw Masters. Oh, Castle Freak is also automatic triple bonus. Yes. John Landis. Yes, American Werewolf. Yeah. Okay. And then the last two names on the list are William Malone, who did the uh, one of my favorite films. That I think people need to deserve give it more credit is the uh, House of Haunted Hill remake. Um, in the oh, 90s, yeah. he did that. Nine, yeah. I really like that. Yeah, and he Me also too. did a really awesome Alien knockoff. And there's a lot of bad ones, but this one's a little better than most called Creature. And I really like that movie too. He also did Fear.com. Oh no! Uh, if you turn down, if you okay. turn down the sound, if you turn down the sound, the movie's actually kind of amazing. It's a beautiful looking film. I really love William Malone, and a lot of people don't, but I do. And he's on this list too, so I'm so glad that his movies are on this list. And last but not least, is an art director, and this will actually open the field quite a bit. His name is Robert A. Burns, and he was the art director, I believe, on Texas Chain that saw Massacre with Toby. He's also passed on. So look at his list. He's got an amazing list of films that will open up this list wide. So any of those people that have done, except for Robert Burns, he also anything he's art directed counts for him, of course. But if it's a if it's a director. A major uh, producer, not executive, producer. I mean, he was hands-on on the film, or screenwriter. It's an automatic triple bonus. Also, automatic triple bonus this year. Any film that had that Stephen King acted, produced, written, or directed, and that leads right. us to our mascot film this year. Oh, and that also goes for Clive Barker. Just so you know, I'm throwing by Oh, wow, cool. Okay. Great. And sure, this year's not? mascot film is the one that I figured will be the most fun, and this will also lead to the theme of our our song this year. Hands rolls. This is the film <laughs> that Jonah Ray said was his favorite film. He wanted to put on Mystery Science Theater 3000, but they said he couldn't do because it was too violent. So let's hold our fingers crossed that someday this will happen. Maximum Overdrive. So let's have some fun with this. We're, I mean, we're going to be watching some serious horror this year. 
because there's some there's some serious names on the list I'm about to read you in a minute. But you know, but we're gonna have some fun with the mascot. That means Highway to Hell is also our theme song. So the next time I talk about the madness, you will hear you will be so sick of Highway to Hell by ACDC by the end of this, you're just gonna be like, What the fuck? But for the meantime, we'll find a bunch of covers I'm doing and I'm sticking to it, okay? Maximum overdrive. So there. Okay, so Clive Barker, so much yearly so exciting. Okay, <clears throat> moving on. Now this list is not worth as much as those those titles were, but they're going to be worth quite a bit because anybody that attended a Master Horror Dinner gets a bonus point for or any of their films, just like the ones before. But they don't get a full they don't get the full bonus, but they get one for their name on any film. Okay. Now, if it's an adaptation of a Stephen King or Clive Barker movie or it's produced by Nick Garris in any way, automatic triple bonus for that. So that means the entire Masters of Horror series counts. Um, the entire fear, uh, the, what was it called the, on NBC? Oh, my God, I'm blanking on it. You know, his, his other anthology. You know exactly which one I'm call, talking about. Oh, gosh. I have no oh, idea. I that is I a brain fart because, of course, I had it written down and everything. Is it huh? based on the Stephen King book? Are you well, some of them are. Nightmares? Some of them yeah. are. No, there was the, there was there was Masters of Horror anthology, and then for NBC yep. they did another set of anthology, and it was called Fear Something. Why am I blanking on this? We don't know why I'm blanking on this. Why? Because I had it written something. down. I don't even anyway, remember it. You will in a minute, and believe me, it will count. So watch those things. That means they're going to be worth any hour television is worth four points. So all the Masters of Horror are about an hour long. They're over an hour. They're worth two. So that's an, nice. uh, so that makes it six points. So they they are actually worth quite a bit. And you can look at those. Oh my God! Like why? I'm so uh, embarrassed that I can't remember it. And I think it's not coming up. Can someone can someone Google that for me? Is my Googling is not working. I can try. Anthology horror something ear. Fear. Fear, fear. fear itself. Fear itself. Thank you. Fear itself. You're welcome. The name of the there you go. Everyone clap for Raven, who's also a judge this year. Are you not judge? Woohoo! I'm Double a judge. Yeah. Not only are you a judge, you are the team winner for two years straight. So your team has won two years in a row. I think I'm on three. I actually think really you are on three, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I won well, My third year was last year. We're going to wow. talk about the list in a second, Raven, but as a judge, how do you feel about this year's theme? And why don't you tell them I... a, in a thumbnail what your duties are as a, theme, as a judge, which is a lot of work, but it's also a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. It's in in a way they're both a lot of work. Whether you're a player or a judge, um, if if you're playing hard, you know, uh, I am in love with this theme. I love Stephen King. Maximum Overdrive really does need to be riffed. I've said that for years. There's a whole thread on the MST3K forum talking about Maximum Overdrive and all the fans that have been requesting it. It's been up there for years. Well, don't so, um, yes, agree. So, <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, the theme is right up my alley. I'm a book nerd, too, so um, so many of these people 
have great novels as well, and I haven't seen all the adaptations of them. I've seen a lot of them, so I'm excited to see I, stuff I I've never gonna, seen before. I am going to have a novel. This because uh, we are basing uh, most of our theme on, on adaptations of two amazing horror novelists in particular. I am going to do a novel challenge. I just haven't figured out what I'm oh, doing. Cool. Right um, but I okay. have decided that's going to be one of the side challenges. I'm also going to have a binge challenge of a single director in week three. So you have to binge the minimum amount of movies from one of these people that has at least this many films or more in one week to get a flat rate of something. So I'm working on all of them. Well, not right now. Let's save it for later because I got too much to do. Ah. But, um, but definitely you can talk to me about it out there because I got to uh, actually go ahead. Go ahead. Never mind. I take it back. I'm being, I'm being too fast. Say something. It's fine. Go ahead. I was mm-hmm. going to say, yeah. Doesn't the second it come out this Halloween madness? It comes I think out after. September. Oh no, wait, what comes out after that? Okay, Does it? you're right. You're right. It's right by my birthday. Anyway, yeah, it would it, it would be one hell of a challenge. Reading it. Read well. <laughs> reading it. Ooh. Well, no, no. I I think I, I I'm not going to necessarily assign which book. I want someone to read a book that they haven't read before. Or something oh. along those lines. Like I'm, I might have, or I might have a limit of books you can turn. You can turn in this many books this month for points, you know, or something like that. You know, I haven't figured out how I'm going to do that yet. But that's not. I'll put that on the list because I haven't made any kind of commitments to any of this. And once again, we're just talking about the only commitments I have is to the names I'm reading tonight. And the second list might adjust a little bit depending on a few things. But for the most part, I think it's going to be pretty solid. There's approximately, at one point, the most people that attended one Masters of Horror dinner was 35 people. So that's kind of amazing. And uh, it's been going on for since the 90s or early 2000s. And it's still a a lot of people are on this list from all eras, old classics to uh, current newbies. Not as a lot of women as I would like. Um, and mm. the thing about women, and we'll get to that in a minute, because I am compensating this list with some uh, more women later on, and I'll explain yeah, that yeah. in a few minutes. But the first thing is, but however, once again, there are people from all sorts of different places. Uh, and there is uh, uh, Ernest Dickerson, for example. He's a man of color. So there is a few people on the list that are, are from Rudy Kitmaru, for example. He's from Japan. So there is a little bit of variety and diversity on the list. I just wish there was more. However, this list is pretty awesome. So if you're ready, now this list, once again, these will be worth one point if they are any kind of film they've directed or produced or wrote. Okay, so they, they will get one point for that. If it's a Stephen King or a Clive Barker adaptation or it's produced by Brick, um, Mick Garris, it will be automatic triple bonus for our highest point value. That includes uh, Fear, uh, Fear Itself and the Masters of Horror uh, anthologies, which are about an hour each. Now, again, once again, give you four points because our long shows are one to four points. And, well, once again, don't worry about the point system. We'll talk about that later. Your judge will understand it better than you, and that's why they're there. They're not judges like American Idol. They're more like judges like the X Factor or Project One Way. They are mentors that are helping guide you through your uh, journey on the reality game show. Okay? Got it? Got it. All right. So are you all ready for this list? It's long. Like I said, it might, it might, it might, it might be long. It's ready as I'll ever be. It's an amazing, 
amazing list of people. And, and not all of these are horror directors. That's okay. This is a list of diversity, and just because they don't do horror, I'm not going to exclude them because they are good directors in their own right, especially one in particular. Uh, so, all right. First person on the list is Brad Anderson. Then we go straight for, and these are, by the way, in alphabetical order or relatively alphabetical, Dario Argento, mm. John Badham, and if you don't know who these people are, IMDb them, Sandra Bursell, okay, there is a go. One of my favorites, Sarah Lynn Bozeman, Valerie nice. Bremen, cool. Alexander Brohez, and I just listened to an interview with him recently, Alex Car- uh, XL Carolyn, uh, she's on the list, the Kyoto Brothers. That means that you're going to get a point for Killer Collins from Outer Space. It makes me happy. Right. The late, great Wes Craven, David Cronenberg, right. one, one dinner. The only time he's done it, he's he's actually considered the they called him the absent master of horror. I heard them say uh, one of the uh, master horror people say so. Uh, but he does get to be there. Yeah. Fred Decker, Monster Squad. I mean, come on, Fred Decker. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I mentioned Ernest Dickerson before. Um, one of my favorites, Larry Fessenden. He's on the list. That means that you're going to get a point for The Last Winter, which stars Ron Perlman, which is an amazing movie. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Brian Fuller, of course. Mm-hmm. Right on. Adam, the man. Adam Green. That means American American God gets points if you can suffer through season two, yeah. which I barely got through. Oh, I so hope it's next season. So bad. I love them, though. Westworld, though, they also count. And even if you want to pull out Wonderfalls and get a point for that. So, hey, um, Adam Green has been a couple of, yeah, uh, yes, that's right, Pushing Daisies, which would have been accepted anyways. But, yes, absolutely. Um, Adam Green, of course, uh, he's been a couple dinners with his buddy Joe Lynch. Uh, John Gulager, uh, Gulager, 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 I don't know everyone's names, but um, I can look them up. James Gunn, which makes me happy. And right before Christmas, or I'm not Christmas, right before Halloween, Bright Bar, oh, that Bright Star should drop, and that's his superhero horror film. So there'll be a new James right, Gunn right. film in the theaters during the madness. Um, the yeah. wonderful director of Child's Play, Tom Holland himself, um, and going to the opposite end of the spectrum, Lloyd Kaufman, yay, he's usually on this. Nice. Uh, I, men- uh, I mentioned Ruray Kitmaru, Mary Lambert, which has done... Pet Cemetery and Pet Cemetery 2, not only are they adapted from Stephen King, Stephen King acted and wrote the first movie. So both those films will be automatic triple bonus, while the new Pet Cemetery will only be worth one point because those directors are not on this list yet. Got it? Ooh. Got it. Okay. Got it. Moving on. William Lustig, what movie is he known for? What would make him on this list? Maniac. Maniac. Absolutely. Maniac. It's a fantastic film. Joe Lynch, like I mentioned before. Armand Mastriani. Uh, Mastriani. So we've got some, another Italian. Lucky McGee. Yay. John McNaughton. Yay. Yay. Peter Medak. Mike Mendez. Mm-hmm. One of, and, of course, I'm so excited about this, and I think I might make this part of the challenge. Takashi Miike. 
There is a lot of deep diving in McKay you can do. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, so I, I'm, that one is like, hold that one in your thoughts, because I think I might do a McKay challenge. Could maybe, I mean, come on, you do yeah. imprint, which was the band one on Masters of Horror, right? So, uh, you know, uh, yeah. Takashi McKay is going to have some kind of major role in my, my, my madness. John Olson, Adam Rifkin, Robert Rodriguez, right. Eli Roth, Rob right. Schmidt, Cat yeah. Shea, another woman, Woo! controversy hey. ensues, and folks, you can, I'm going to leave him on the list because he was there, but I know this might cause some controversy. You can choose to ignore it. You don't have to watch a single mm. film by this gentleman. His name is Brian Singer, but yes, he's on this list. Um, uh, Adam Slade, true. Tim Sullivan. Which means that Chilarama uh, is going to be worth a point this year. Yay. Um, <laughs> uh, Quentin Tarantino's on the list. Brian Trenchard right. Smith is on the list, everybody. Everyone give a clap. Brian Trenchard Smith. Yay. Woo! Yay. All right. I asked him to be on, and I asked him to be on the show, and he said yes. It was amazing. Yes, he did. <laughs> what was he thinking? So cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have a caller. Let's see who it is. Hello? Let's see if I can actually hey now. work. Because none of my things. Okay. Hello. You're on with the Sexy Witches 740. Hey, now. What is up? Hey, now. Ah, this is Eric Polk, everybody. Dollar Van Heller Polk. Everyone say hello to oh, hey. uh, you know, my podcast. Hey. Good evening. Greetings, hey. everyone. So he's going to be uh, judge this year, and he gave me the moniker of the head huntress, so I'll forever be thankful for that. So, Eric Polk, I know you are a huge Stephen King lover, so how do you feel about this year's theme? Yeah, that's why I wanted to be a judge, because as soon as uh, I got the hints, I'm like, okay, I got I to jump in on this one. Yeah, because, yeah, Stephen King, he's pretty much been the cornerstone of everything I've done since I was 16, essentially. You know his movies and his books—they've uh, influenced my writing and the way I kind of, the way my life has kind of shaped up, kind of shaped up over the years. So I'm looking—I'm looking forward to uh, introducing people to uh, the world of Stephen King and you know help and helping out any way and helping out any way possible. And he'll be good because he—he'll be able to help with the point system quite a bit because he's seen all the movies and read most of the books. And so, mm-hmm. you know, and Raven also has done pretty well. Awesome. So they know the enough element, bonus elements to get you through the madness. So, I mean, a lot, oh, yeah. all my judges That's are awesome. going to be pretty good this year. Uh, they're not all going to be on tonight, but um, we'll introduce the ones that are calling. And there's currently four judges. I would kind of like one more if anybody wants to use. I could use one more judge because right now I'm taking a team, but I also have to manage all the other teams on top of it. So I usually don't take a team because I have to kind of like keep. I'm the, I'm the benevolent overlord. If I have to, I will. Can I, Sometimes I have to play. Can I know? say one thing but, about being a judge? Yep. If you're thinking about being a judge and you're a little bit scared, get over it and do it. Because first of all, week one, Liz is gonna do all your scores anyway if you mess up. And it's like you mm-hmm. get. It's kind of like you're training while you're doing it. You're everyone's learning every day, mm-hmm. um, and, well, and sometimes there's pressure for deadlines, but just do it. 
you know, it's you know, just the do point it. system and the summaries that you do for the because it is a written pro. This is a writing exercise. So a lot of writers do this, do the madness. Uh, but you know, the point system ultimately is subjective, and really, what it's doing is you're. It's, we're talking about the films we're watching, and it's with a group of like-minded individuals like yourself, like Eric Polk, like Raven, like Stephen, like like Aaron Murray and Aaron on the you know Orange County Warlock. All of us love different films on this list, and we all love this stuff, and uh-huh. we talk about it and yeah. swap ideas. Oh, did you see this? This movie is awesome. I do not allow point hoarding. I don't like to tell. If I know what a film is worth, I will tell you, and so will the judges. Uh-huh. They are not allowed to, to, to give advantage that way to their team. They are there to mentor and also read and score their summaries, but they are not there to make their teams win that way. They are cheerleaders. Raven is an excellent yeah. cheerleader. Are you not? Woohoo! I love memes. <laughs> and yeah. I'm watching with memes. you. Yeah. I will watch. Yeah, I'm not, I never put my points up because I don't want to influence. And I always say these are zero to ATB points I'm watching. And just to show you I'm doing it too. You might see something yeah, you want to watch on my list, but that's not why I do it. It's just so we can do stuff together. I also do not um, – I do put my list up of the movies I watch. I actually show you right. what I'm watching and how much they're worth because I'm not asking you to do anything I'm not doing. And I'm actually doing a lot more work than everybody else because I'm also double-checking, especially in that first week. I double-check every single summary, mm-hmm. and we can have up to seven people a team. So we average about 42 people uh, of turning in summaries for, for the madness, which is amazing. Amazing, amazing thing, actually, that people do that, and they do it mostly on time. There's always one or two people. Please don't be that person if you can. You get plenty of time to turn in summaries. I do give you plenty and ample of time. So hopefully you can do that, and we'll talk about summaries once again in detail in October. Meanwhile, we're talking about the theme. I do have a few more names to read, and um, there are actually some interesting ones, newer people on the list. So you ready? Ready. Norio Tuzurich. And if you don't know that name, and I probably butchered it, look his name up. He made a movie called The Suicide Club a few years back. Um, also a movie oh, called yeah. Cold Fish, which is a crazy movie. Uh, and so yeah. I'm really excited that people are going to get to see some of his movies. Noru, Norberko's Dinner Table is a follow-up Suicide Club. Nice little sucked up film. Uh, you know, he's really good. So um, I highly recommend Suicide Club. I absolutely adore that film. Matter of fact, so much, in fact, that I use, I stole the online moniker of the hacker in that movie for the, when I was a spy on Ain't It Cool. I called myself initially before I called myself Cave Pearl, the bat. So anyway, that's how much I love that movie. Um, James Wan is on the list cool. with his buddy yeah. Lee, uh, Lee Wano. So between those two on the list, that means you can binge the Saw movies and you'd probably get with Erwin Bozeman there. You can watch them all and get points for them. Uh, mm-hmm. Ty West. Ooh. Okay. And the last two, two names on the list are David Yaroveski. Some people call him David Yarrow. Um, and last but not least, Rob Zombie. So those are the names oh, on the list. Right. They might tweak a little bit, but any those are the those are the directors that we're going to focus on the most during the madness. Now, during the madness, we usually don't score it this way, but I'm having a tiered system this year for the films. Like I said, we have the uh, the masters of horror, the initial dinner, then you have the guests of the dinner. Now we have the wild card list. Now these are people 
that will be on the list that you can watch anything they've done um, full price like normal, but if it's a non-horror genre like Western or drama or action, it's worth one point. Person always on this list is Bruce Campbell. So Bruce Campbell is always on this list. Yay. On this list. Now, if he wasn't really? on this list, he would have been up. If he was up higher, I would, you know, put him up on that list. But he's not. Oh. He has not been to the Masters Horror Dinner that I know of. I might be wrong about that. Like I said, this list might tweak a little bit because uh, I'm doing this all research on my own. <laughs> you know, so maybe Brian Trencher Smith can tell us some of the people that have been on his show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and when he was there. <clears throat> but I noticed, even though there's a few women, I'd like to see a little bit more. So when I realized there wasn't a lot of women. I decided to put a poll up uh, to make uh, a women's master of horror list that will become the wild card list this year, like five or so names. Um, I've already added one that I grandfathered in, and that was Marion Heron from uh, who made American Psycho. I thought she deserved nice. to be there. She's got, she's got a new film coming out this year. Uh, so, I, 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 so I grandfathered Marion Heron in. Now, I'm going to go to Facebook for a second, if this thing doesn't shut down. I'm terrified as usual. And I'm going to go to the Halloween Horror Movie Marinette Son Madness group page, which is the only place you can play the, the fiercest uh, film, whatever we call it, film with watching competition on Facebook. And we are going to re- see who the win- top five winners of the poll is as soon as I can get it to work. Are we ready to do this? All right. Yeah. Yeah, All right. Yeah. In the meantime, yeah. while I'm waiting for this to load forever and ever, does anybody have any questions about anything I've said? Not so. No John Cassavetes, right? No John Cassavetes. No John Cassavetes. No, he's not on this list. Okay. If he, he was on baby. Man. He was in yeah. Rosemary's Baby. You're right. Yeah. So, yeah, I was going to say, so you can get some John Cassavetes in a different <laughs> way on this list. <laughs> I like that. Well, but, but Rosemary, go, Jane, what's his name? The direct, that director is not Polanski. on this list, right? That re- right. Polanski. Not so I was just list. saying, but you could, just as a, a horror film, if you're just, just you one know, point. Just, it's a horror film. It's a, yeah, it's a horror now film. Now, for the, I, and I want to let you know, the Kyoto Brothers is on this list, and they're also known for special effects, so I will count the special effects point. For um, for the Kyoto Brothers, so that means the Ghostbusters remake will be worth one point. For <laughs> so uh, at least one bonus point. So you know because they did the special effects for that movie. Uh, so make sure you remember oh, that okay. that they also are you know uh, which is but uh, most of these people are all directors. That's the only exception to the rule. I'm pretty excited. Um, is there anybody you don't think belongs on this list? I mean, don't say that. No. <laughs> okay. No. Me. No. This is <laughs> they've been there. Whether I believe it or not, you know, good. Uh, you know, like I said, I didn't even leave the con- most controversial name on this list on there, and that's because you know it's truth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's true. It, it happens. You know, 
but once again, if you don't want to watch, you can watch one of these people's entire catalogs. You can watch none of these people's catalogs and watch anything else horror related. It's really up to you and the madness. Just know that these people in particular are going to be worth extra points if you're playing the point system. And believe me, the point system's fun. And we're here to help you out with it. It might be chaos in that first week, but by the second or third week, we usually were pretty into it. And this is going to be a long madness. Uh, because uh, it is a, a five-week madness. It's also a, a big election coming up, so or general elections happen. So I do give if there's if there's weird elections coming up during a madness, like next year will be the general election, which is always a fun time. I do count things like as a handicaps and work, you know, handicap for that, and we'll give you points for watching debates. So you know, do your civic duty and the madness oh, cool. at the same time. So we'll go out Points and vote. Debates. I like uh, it. <laughs> yeah. So hmm. let me see, like, um, if I got it to work. No, of course, Facebook is still not working. So I can't tell you. I can tell you who won the top two for sure. And I'm pretty sure I can double check this in a bit. But um, I know for a fact that um, uh, the winner was Catherine Bigelow. And she tied the sisters. You know, so Catherine Bigelow, the Soska sisters, um, I believe uh, coming in fifth, I know for sure, was Karen Kusama. Um, and uh, who's the middle two? I'm trying to remember. Uh, it was everyone I was really, I was really happy with the list, actually, that came up. But, yeah, I know those three are for sure. I'm missing one or two more. And if I can call it up, I will. But I was, I was very pleased with who got picked. Um, and uh, and I will see how and there's a few other people too I can read those too that got points voted but I can't get it to reload uh, it's like it's so slow I wonder if like maybe it's my computer acting up or it's the internet I you know I don't know why I've been having so much trouble with blog talk lately and my computer but every time I'm in blog talk everything is just completely bogged down and this is not an old computer but anyway, you don't need to hear my tech bitches. <laughs> Do we have any other questions before, about the madness? Because that's pretty much it. That's all I'm going to say for now. Um, do you have any questions, anybody? Nope, not a fan. I have not the poll up, Liz. Okay. Hmm? You have the poll up? I have the poll up. Do you want? Yeah, so as you yeah. said, Catherine Bigelow and Soska's sisters are tied for first. Actually, Catherine's up by one point, it says. 14 votes for her, 13 for Soska. And uh, then, so someone did vote at the last minute then. That's good. Yeah. And then third, fourth, and fifth are all tied. Lynn Ramsey, Jennifer Kent, yeah, and right. Karen Kusama. I think those are really good choices. Now, you want to read yeah. anybody else that got at least one vote and just round it off? So those five oh, let's see. will be on the Wild Kyle's list, and the rest of these might show up on the Wild Kyle's list. Anyway, Anna Lily Armapur. Good choice. Antonia Bird. Yeah. Hey. Um, oh, Amy Holden Jones. Yeah. There's a lot of good names on here, but people voted well. I have faith in my geek community when it comes to. Absolutely. Oh, no. They did a good job. <laughs> I'm not even so worried. So, once again, these are. These are wild cards. So that means that anything they've done, no matter the genre, is accepted. 
Uh, they just, if it's um, out of genre, it will only be worth one point. If it's in genre, it'll be worth the normal point system. However, on our bonus points, if you can get one point that gives you the highest triple bonus on a wild card, you can still get the full six points for some films. So let's just say if, and I'm not saying he's on the list, but let's just say if I decided to put Rob Reiner on the wild card list. He's done a couple of adaptations of Stephen King, right? So does Frank Darabont. Yeah, true. Yeah, they Misery. they would get a bonus. You you could get a bonus point. Stand by me. And because it's a and because it's a Stephen King adaptation, it would be worth automatic triple bonus. Uh, so there's lots of ways of doing it. Um, I know there's quite a few people on this list that have also done a Clive Barker adaptation. Uh, so uh, you know there's you know a Mick Garris. Just look at his list. And don't rule out TV. Nick Garrison, Ooh. most of his work for with Stephen King adaptations on television. And I have actually posted King, somebody else there with this amazing article, and it's in the announcements on the on the Madness page. And I'm going to keep it there for the duration of the Madness. He actually ranked, and I don't usually like ranking video, but this one's really thorough. So I, I he ranked every uh, adaptation of Stephen King there is to date including all his TV adaptations and episodes at, that are based Neat. on adaptations of Stephen King. So read it. It's a fantastic read. It, yeah. it even has quotes from Stephen King when he's talked about his own work. Uh, so all of that is, is available there. On And you can go once again to the Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness page. Join the group. Even if you don't want to play, just want to follow along, please join us. We love it. You can still talk with us actively. I have several people that don't like playing that are still relatively active in the comments. And I also do a warm-up right before the madness starts in October. And that is uh, two weeks out. And that's to get you guys ready, to get you guys going. I sometimes put some films out with some points that are not quite horror just to get you ready to go. I also do trivial bonus points give you some trivia, oh. and obviously there's going to be a Stephen King trivia this year around. I think, Eric Polk, you want to mm-hmm. help me with that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I'm going to have he, – <laughs> him and I have been doing madness um, trivia jeopardy things since the beginning of our relationship. So maybe we'll even pull the jeopardy out of our butt. What do you think? Oh. Or jeopardy? <laughs> I want to help because I can't play. <laughs> I think we'll. I think we're going to definitely have trivial bonus points, but we might actually have during the madness one round of horror jeopardy. I think that might be a lot of fun. That's awesome. I, I actually published a trivia yeah. book. <laughs> look out. Yeah. So excellent. So look for. A, this is going to be a lot of ways the madness can go this year, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm glad that people couldn't quite figure out the theme. Um, it really took a long time to do this theme. I, I couldn't. I usually know the theme from the for the next year before the, this year's madness is over. I almost always have an idea where it's going to be, or at least I have three ideas in my head, and I usually submit it to my team leader Raven and say these are the four, and then she goes, I like. To, I go, this is what I like about these. This is what I not like, and she says yes, no, maybe so, and then I uh, pick one officially and do it this year. I didn't know, and then all of a sudden it came to me, and I just said, Raven, I want to do this. And she was like, yes. So thank you, Raven, for being so flexible. Of course. Thanks for being awesome. I didn't even have to make any decisions. Well, Uh, well, you know, it's still early. You'll still have to make a (laughs) plan.
So, uh-huh. let me last question. So, you, uh, uh, so are the two Aaron's and Steve, are you going to be contestants this year? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, Steve, you want to try judging? I'd let you, I'd let you do it, Steve. You wanted to do judging, Steve. How about it? Steve? I'll help oh you God. be a judge, Steve. Steve. Join us, Steve. Join us, Steve. <laughs> Google okay, gobble, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, whoa, whoa. Ah, being pulled down. I feel like at the end I'm getting pulled down into like the swimming pool and poltergeist with the corpses. Uh, anyway, sorry, I'm back. Um, I, I, Rachel plays. Too, and I was already going to make a case for us to play as a team because it doesn't make sense for us to play against each other. There's no way for it to work. So this is a whole other issue. So, like, how would I judge unless I just – and what? If she was she she judges with me? Well, no. <laughs> you know, I don't That's know not it at all. play against me. Well, I mean, you can well, be a judge and she can be a contestant. Just because you guys live together doesn't mean you guys both can't participate. It's a question of space. <laughs> it's a, it's just, it's a well, question no, it's, of space. It doesn't even exclude you. I don't even necessarily exclude you for her being on your team. And this is why. If you wanted to watch these mm-hmm. movies, because a lot of us judges are also watching these movies, you're watching mm-hmm. what she's watching. And that means you'll know what the scores are for a fact. Exactly. Right. Okay. I think it's actually so, useful. And that, and that would actually be, yeah, because then you could actually go, oh, well, I saw this with with with, with Miss Hicks, and uh, you know what the score is, and I would help you with the rest of your team. So it's not exclusive. I've, I've had this happen before. Okay. So, okay, so you need Remember, a judge. It's, you don't have to make a decision right now, Steve. I'm just thinking, you know, you okay, guys want okay. to think about it. You're a pretty good, you're a pretty I'm good contestant, but it. I know that. But I know the 25 years later thing is very busy. But also remember, uh, this is a social media and uh, uh, horror watching contest. You don't have to post directly on the Facebook for your summaries. You can use your own web pages and blog talk and bloggers to make, and YouTube videos to make your summaries. You can do it any way that's easy and makes it com- more comfortable for you. I like that. That's good. I like it. I guess it's, 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 you drive the hard bargain. <laughs> However, I will recommend people, if you are going to do it through Facebook directly, which a lot of us and most of us do, put, use your laptop. It's extremely difficult yeah. to play the madness on a smartphone. Use a tablet or use oh, yeah. a uh, – and use the web browser. Go, don't use the app. Go into the web browser, okay? So use it like you would the Internet. Yeah. And, and same with the computer. Uh, don't use the app. Uh, and it makes it a lot easier to play the madness. And I will uh, – when we get closer, you'll understand why. So uh, that's it. I'm done. I have, I have talked about everything madness-wise. At this point, I'm going to let two of the sexy witches go, even though they'll be gone but not forgotten. We missed them already. <laughs> um, so, Erin Marie, do you no. have any final thoughts about the madness? And then I will set you free back to your uh, beautiful night of crickets and cigarette smoking. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, I'm really excited about it because I've been reading Stephen King since I was 12 years old, um, obsessed with it was my first movie. So, uh, and especially diving into the masters of horror itself is going to be really fun because I've been looking for an excuse to actually watch the entire series. 
I've yeah. seen bits and pieces, but I haven't seen all of them. So I think this is going to be a great excuse to do that. And uh, you know better than to ask me to be a judge because after six years, I still don't understand the points. No, I, did you even hear me ask you? I didn't. I didn't. But, but you will be a good person for suggestions. You might become a team captain this year. Oh, I'd love to do that. Yeah, I'll be a captain this year. All right, girls. So, uh, Aaron, so Sexy Porn Witch, sign off, and I will talk to you on the flip side. Good night. See you in a couple weeks. Bye. See you in a couple weeks. Have a good evening. Bye. Bye. Have fun. Yeah, I got a bail. I got a bail too. So, later. So got... oh, yep. Eric, I will see you in yeah. October. I'll actually see you on the internet in August when I start writing the rules, and you know how the game goes. You'll help me with the secret films or secret films and special challenges. That you will help me design with Raven as we get closer to judging, right? Right. Excellent. Yep. So, can they can they find plug your stuff and then much love and madness? Yep. Well, um, right now I'm in the middle. I'm doing a uh, vlog series called Talking Terrace on every Thursday night on Facebook Live. So uh, look for look, look that'll be on my Facebook page. But about Very I'm cool. going to be putting it on. Yeah, I'm about to put it on it's my own uh, on a, a fan page here shortly, probably by the end of May. So it's basically just I review it's just basically movie reviews and my takes on the genre of war. Awesome. Nice. Um, all right, so then, all right. Well, so uh, and buy his books on Amazon. He is self-published, like our guest what is. And oh, we'll very talk cool. Our guest too. So, yep. uh, you know, go look for his books and find him on Twitter under Eric Polk, the author, also. All right. Awesome. And that's all I got. Good night now. All right. Good, good night, Aaron. Excellent. And good night, Aaron, Sexy Warlock of Lords County. Until oh, we meet again. Good night, guys. Good night. Talk to you soon. Talk to you yep. soon. Much love. Much love. All right. So, much love to my cousin. And we will be having a special San Diego Comic-Con episode right before I fly out there. I'm also going to go to the Galaxy's Edge while I'm out there in L.A. and maybe see Raven as well. So that will all be oh, Right by me. You better. So we'll, we'll, yeah. I, well, I can't miss you. I have to see you. So that's all coming You can go get beignets. Oh. And now, in a moment, I thought they were on, but they came off. Hopefully, they'll call right back. He didn't do it. Ground control. <laughs> Is she gone again? Because that would be sad. Oh, did we lose the her? Oh, I did. That happened before I uh, before I got on. Might be happening. Do you know how well, to tap dance? I, you know, I actually have forgotten how to tap dance as of late. Well, that's really useful. And I Thank forgot. You. I left all my jokes at home. Wow. Um, so, um, I am what did, home, what did, so that doesn't mean... What did one elevator say to the other elevator? I don't know. What? what? I think I'm coming down with something. Oh, that's good. I like that. I like that. It's not really good. The jokes, the best jokes are the ones you don't laugh at. That's how I could tell you really liked it. Um, <laughs> just like yeah, that's the so, deafening yeah. silence Yo, really sold it. So you, that's you always great. know something. 
you always know something's really funny when someone doesn't live and they say, oh, that's funny. Yeah. Let right. me tell you how funny it is. Oh, this is bad. What's, ha- what's happening right now? We're live on the air, aren't we? I don't know. <laughs> the arrest, yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Okay. All right. So okay. That's that's funny, okay. Funny, huh? Right. It would cut me off right when the guest called, and I hope that wasn't him in the 504 area code, which it sounds like Portland, because that's where he's calling from. Uh, so if Mr. Pinterest is hearing, I do apologize. Please call back. I am on now. Uh, so once again, thank you guys for filling up. I can't believe I we were doing so good. And it dropped me. We again. were. We well, were. we were really hilarious while you were gone. Don't worry about oh, it. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. We Let's see if we can oh bring him gosh. on now. Oh, and there he goes again. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's his end or my end, but I see him and he disappears, and I'm so upset because I really oh, no. don't want this to be how it goes down. But it is 1030 right now. So hopefully this is going to be uh, the Brian the, Trenchard-Smith. Now, if you don't know, I'm going to do it in his intro and hope you'll call in. Am I still there? I hear you. You're still here. Oh, he's You're calling here. My, he's calling my phone number. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> All right. Maybe you should tap dance. Do you know any more um, um, appliance Oh, jokes? my God. This is just so yeah, long on so many levels. Um, merge call. Oh, there we are. Hello, sir. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, is that Elizabeth Gray? Yes, I am. Now, let me ask, because we're having sound problems all of a sudden. We were doing so good, and then decided to just go to pot as soon as you called in. So I do apologize. Um, can the other sexy witches hear me? I can. Hi. Okay. Yeah, I, Hi. I, I'm here. I can oh. hear you. <clears throat> yes, I tried calling the other number, and I just got a recording of your uh, last podcast, I guess. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, I am now hearing you. Thank you for calling, sir, even if it started yeah. a little bit rough. Welcome to the Sexy Witches. My name well, is- thank you, Sexy Witches. I'm very pleased. I'm, I'm actually doing something witches would appreciate, uh, which is feeding my deer. Um, and uh, uh, I have, you know... You know, a, a number of uh, uh, of girls that come uh, looking for apples every morning and evening because uh, they're, hev- they're heavily pregnant and they will soon be dropping their fawns. And uh, I have become a good restaurant for them. Uh, anyway, just throw out cool. another couple of apple pieces, then I can give you my full attention. Okay. Excellent. Well, let me let me introduce the sexy witches while you're uh, feeding your wonderful fawns and deers coming up. Um, we have with me uh, Steve Wandling. He's a writer for 25 Years Magazine, which is a David Lynch fan magazine, but they also do genre films, and he is my co-host of Freeform Nerds. Hello, Steve. Oh, well, hello. I'm pleased to meet Hi, you. Hi, how are you, sir? <laughs> I am fine. And uh, I trust you are the same. Okay, she's fed. Um, Excellent. Uh, and then the other sexy witch on the line with me is Raven, and her her moniker is the Enchantress of Nevermore. And uh, she's been diving a lot of your uh, t- made-for-TV titles. Uh, oh, the poor girl. So, uh, <laughs> I so have. She calls me the. Hi, Hi there. She calls me the Enchantress of Nevermore, but I'm really more like the binge bitch. I will binge um, everything, well, and I had a too. great time watching your stuff, and I'm I'm so happy to talk oh, to you. Which ones did you see? 
Well, I watched Britannic. Did you see I'm my a white star nerd. Rambo movie? So, oh, oh no! So what have I been doing movie. with my life? <laughs> no, I haven't. I didn't watch that one, and I'm ashamed now. Well, it's called In Her Line of Fire. Um, I, that was Mario on my list. Anyway. I didn't make it. Oh yes. Yeah, look, I, I, it, I will watch it. It's it's not a great work of cinema. It's a great work of shooting something in 14 days in a hurry. Uh, but um, uh, <laughs> but Marielle was great to work with. I I, I loved her. She was a sweetheart, and uh, right. uh, you know it was just it was you know one of those things we you know I thought that I would make a little contribution to gay and lesbian cinema. Um, I'd made a gay submarine movie, Tides of War. So it's when, when they they made the straight version out of it, they called it Phantom Below. I think that would have been a much better gay title. Uh, but uh, yeah. uh, anyway, those were two that I made for the gay and lesbian uh, yeah, video on demand channel here t- here TV. Wonderful. And uh, uh, but they were they were both fun to make. Anyway, yes, so which ones did you see? I missed who, which one you saw. Uh, I I personally watched um, Britannic, uh, and right. okay, yes, and I, actually I started with Florida the melodrama on a doomed ship. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, well, and, I've been and on after, the Queen Mary. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. and I watched no, I, that's, that's, I watched The Quest. I love Henry Thomas, and I love Henry Thomas every time he's in the 80s and on a bicycle. So um, that already <laughs> sucked me in from yes. the get-go. Uh, I, um, I think we I, all watched The Quest because I, I love that yeah. film since I was a kid. I yeah. watched the first run as a kid. So Oh, wow, uh, you, you know. saw it in the cinema. Wow. Yes, I did. Absolutely. <laughs> I watched anything Henry Thomas was in after he yeah. for a while. Guess well, what? Yeah. We still are. As a dog. Yeah. Right. No, well, he, he is. Right. A, I, I, you know, recorded uh, some commentary with him for the Blu-ray. I hope you saw the Blu-ray because then you saw it in the magnificence of its wonderful color photography, which does not is not reflected in the VHS tapes that were just about all anyone could get um, uh, from really the late 90s onwards. Uh, but now the Blu-ray is out, and it's beautifully shot and. Uh, and and yeah, you know, great stereo, and uh, it, it it works yeah you know, quite well for yeah you know, the intended audience. Uh, well, I'm glad you saw it. Yeah, did you see Happy Face Murders? I, I think you Raven know what died, I was talking. Right? I, I no, I I know I was looking for it. I couldn't find I couldn't find a copy, but I actually follow um, the daughter of Keith Jeff, Jesperson has a podcast, and I've been following her on that. It's called Happy. Um, and then she right. had been on Evil Lives Here on the ID network, so I knew a lot about that story and about the the, fa- the false confession. But I actually haven't seen your um, adaptation oh. of what happened, well, and I'm really interested in watching it. Yeah, I think you can probably download it. I think you just have to Google go to go to Amazon and see if you can get it okay. uh, as a, as a uh, two two ninety nine download or something. But it is a yeah, a, a, an interesting you know performance from Anne Margaret, and from and frankly, I think it was the the, the gig that got Marg Helgenberger CSI for ten years, um, because it was an you know, it's an identical character that she played, uh, and uh, I know the CBS brass came to the premiere of it at the Directors Guild, and four months later she was cast. 
so that was good. I was happy to have been a helping hand. Not that she probably needed it, but because she had a you know she had a career going quite well beforehand. But uh, it was a good role for her. And uh, uh, and you know, Anne Margaret was just it's great to work with a legend. Uh, and she was a, a, a lovable lady and uh, um, and a really skilled actress um, who said, "I'll be flat in rehearsal." Uh, I work when the cam when, when it's a take, and indeed that uh, that you know proved to be the case. But you are here tonight, probably to talk more about horror, even though there's real horror in uh, Happy Face Murders because it's about a true, you know, uh, a serial killer and uh, and and the invest the you know the stalled investigation into his murders. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, well, we talk about anything you would want to talk about, but yeah, on, <laughs> well, but our, our audience is in particular our horror geeks. We have quite a few of them out there. And tonight is was the announcement of my horror mo- contest I do in October. And this year's theme was called uh, Of the Kings and the Masters. Right. And one of those people is you, sir, because uh, oh, you've well. attended the Masters of Horror dinner and know some of the people, and know Mick Garris. And so, uh, but we want to talk about all your films. Your action pictures also will count this year for my contest. And so we've been deep diving all sorts of films. Cause you're, uh, but horror, yes, we in particular, horror films are of great interest to us. And I actually, in the last couple of days, met Amelia Kincaid and rewatched Night of the Demons 2 and, uh, and Night of the Demons. And I know that you have said in other podcasts that Night of the Demons 2, you're in particular, uh, with, you didn't direct the first one, that was Kenny Tenney, but you, Kevin Tenney, but you directed the second one and you're particularly proud of that title. So, uh, yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's it, it, I, I, I kind of relate well to horror comedy. I guess I, I kind of relate well to the ironic side of life in every genre that I tackle. That includes, you know, you know, uh, florid melodrama on a doomed ship uh, like Britannic, or uh, you know, a, a dead end drive-in. Uh, many, you know, many of my titles have. Yeah, I, there's a certain vein of ironic humor that runs through throughout them that was not necessarily in the original uh, script or idea. Um, but anyway, Night of the Demons 2 is, you know, I'm fond of it because the cast was wonderful. I mean, uh, I like, I believe in having a good time when I'm making a film. And it's great when the whole cast and crew gets on board with getting the job done, but having a good time doing it. And all those young people who, you know, none of whom had, 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 you know, broken out in the business were, you know, just anxious to do their very best and, and have a laugh doing it. And uh, so that's why I remember it fondly. And I think it's also, you know, quite a good Catholic joke movie. Uh, yes. And it has some really uh, fun, you know, uh, real prosthetic uh, effects that are quite uh, remarkable by Steve Johnson, uh, and uh, so it, it's it, most of those kind of prosthetic gags now would be done uh, with CGI and be sort of photo real, even though you know it's not real. Um, but the there was just something an old world charm, perhaps, about you know doing these things. With, in a practical way rather than with optical illusions. There's only one early CGI shot in Night of the Demons 2, and that's the, the snake that springs out of the lipstick at the very end as the 
well, the intended, you know, jump scare <laughs> uh, for the final right. shot, which, you know, I, we, you know, is a tradition. You know, uh, Carrie set an excellent precedent in that regard, and uh, uh, so so I had a go, but um, it wasn't a very you know believable snake. But uh, I think we got it for five grand, so I, I guess we were. <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. the thing. You you get what you pay for. Um, but uh, anyway, it was a, a a lovely film to make, and uh, I think we had such a good time that uh, a number of people from the cast wanted to just make a guest appearance in my next film, which was Leprechaun 3, Leprechaun in Vegas. So, mm-hmm. you know, Merle Kennedy and uh, uh, Zoe Trilling uh, and, you know, um, Chris, you know, Christine Taylor and uh, Rod McCary. Uh, and and uh, they all, you know, uh, came and did little cameos. Uh, and uh, particularly, you know, uh, Merle and uh, Zoe and Rod McCary, as, who came as the priest, so that he is gambling with two floozies on his arm in the uh, Vegas, yeah, in, in the Vegas casino. Love it. I, I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I thought that was nice. Uh, so uh, was it, and that too was a fun film to make because everyone was on the same page. You know, we're making mm-hmm. absurdist cinema. Um, let's you know give it our best, uh, and, and so many people like Leprechaun Three you know, for that reason, and uh, maybe better than Leprechaun Four, which was more of a pastiche parody. Um, though yeah. I'm I'm quite fond of it. It's ridiculous, um, <laughs> engagingly awful, uh-huh. but deliberately. I'm so, so happy. Um, <laughs> so happy right now. <laughs> I, I just well, love that. I love that you love it as much as I do. <laughs> oh, good. I mean, it, it is, you know, it, it's a good movie for sci-fi geeks who appreciate the references and the parody and, and so forth to gather around the, the you know, the, the wine, the sick pack or, or, or the bong and uh, watch the film and have a good chortle all the way through. Uh, so, it, it, it's, it's, uh, but it's a, a film that only speaks to a, a more narrow selection of uh, a section of, of leprechaun fans, let's say, than uh, uh, right. the number three. But that's okay. Um, yeah, but uh, it's, you know, it, we, I recognize the inherent absurdities of it, uh, of the whole concept, and, uh, uh, and thought, well, let's add more comedy, and that will, you know, I think that will pay off. And it certainly paid off with number three, but, which became the highest selling director video uh, of, I think, 1995. Um, wow. It was in the boom year of director video. I think they, they mm-hmm. moved 55,000 units. Um, uh, anyway, it's it, it was a fun thing. But in in one thing about Leprechaun in in, in space, uh, there is an obligation in these films. You you have to have a bit of uh, you know, of nudity. You know that's the the Midwest distrib- video you know, distributors demand it. You know uh, for this kind of film, you know it's got to be an R-rated film. It's got to have blood. It's got to have violence, and it's got to have yeah, um, as many bare-breasted women as you can possibly uh, summon for one movie, uh, but uh, at least one. So it was an obligation to provide uh, right. you know, one. So what is the most absurd reason I could think of for uh, a, a woman to undress 
in, in, on the screen. Um, and so with my writing partner, Dennis Pratt, we came up with the idea that it was, in fact, the, the way on this particular planet, you know, the Princess Zarina came from, uh, this was the way royalty pronounced a death sentence by, by, by bearing her breasts. And I, I thought, well, that has, that is the most absurd thing we can think of. I suppose we could put more time into it, and maybe we could think of something even more absurd. But I think that's a pretty good, uh, you know, absurd rationalization for what the Midwest, uh, you know, video distributors want. Uh, and uh, so, anyway, that's a little bit of, you know, inside movie making backstory for you. Um, but I probably sound like a terrible sexist pig. Um, talking about, and you know, uh, we're we're now in a different world in gender relations, uh, which is good. Um, But uh, uh, so, uh, you know, some of my work probably seems a little sort of, uh, you know, uh, retrospectively, you know, know, retrograde, would you say? I mean, yes and no. I mean, I'm always like, and I would think that even Raven and Steve would agree that we try to take the movie on its own terms from when the time it came mm-hmm. out. Uh, we realized right. some things don't age well. Uh, you know, some makeup doesn't age well either sometimes, you know. But uh, but we, we appreciate the films on their own terms, uh, you know. And, and going back to horror in particular, I've noticed even in some of your earlier stuff, some of your action pictures, BMX Bandits, for example, is, an, is a good example. You do use horror tropes even in your non-horror films. You have a yeah. huge sequence in the middle of that movie that's just the cemetery, and you're using old-school slasher shots for that. So I, I can't believe that would be coincidence. Oh, no, no. I mean, I'm a multi-generic. I'm an omnivore. I will consume uh, you know, any genre known to man. Uh, and, and I like putting together genre hybrids, you know, cocktails, yeah. let's say, uh, shaken, not stirred. Uh, and uh, so uh, it was, you know, a, a perfect opportunity. I mean, you can chase the kids on bikes only so long. You better chase them in some other way uh, to maintain the visual interest. So the graveyard and off to the boat shed subsequently before, you know, bikes got back on the streets again. And, uh, but uh, the, the graveyard was an opportunity to, you know, to, to generate a suspense sequence that would possibly, you know, take in the under 10s for sure. Um, in Australia, it had a G rating, which I think was very lucky, but we needed it somehow. I think they, 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 they were kind to us because we were an Australian film. But really, when you know, armed bank robbery, you know, close up of you know, loading shotguns and menacing people with shotguns and menacing Nicole Kidman with a flick knife and <laughs> things like that, probably might have got us a PG. It's now rated, it's been re rated yeah. PG in Australia. Um, but uh, the one I watched today uh, no, was PG. Right. Yes. Well, it, it's it's the same cut. It's the same cut. And then it has not okay. changed since I, I I did it finished it. But uh, over the years, you know, people have you know started to re-rate certain films. Uh, and uh, I you know I my own man from Hong Kong was banned for the under 18s in Australia, and it took you know 40 years practically to get it wow. uh, on, even on video uh, down to you know, what, we, what is regarded in, in Australia as MA, which is, um, you know, 15s and over. 
Um, but uh, uh, but they adamantly wouldn't change it, even as times changed and the, you know, and, and kung fu movies were getting infinitely more violent uh, than um, than the Man from Hong Kong. Um, which is is that one you have seen? I've seen yeah. uh, most of it, uh, but not for not for this interview, unfortunately. However, I have been reading up on it quite a bit because I know it's one of your better films, and I've been listening to a lot of podcasts about it. And uh, the one story that fascinates me the most from that set is the explosion <laughs> that you did uh, in Sydney that they could see 30 miles out. Um, I, I believe it was Man from Hong Kong. Uh, do you yes, want to talk yes. about that a little bit? Oh yes, well I I love to blow things up and or you you, you I will say this now you are my favorite person to photograph explosions. Well, good. I mean I I, I really enjoy it. You know I, I uh, it's uh, there's just something glorious about a good, a good bang. Uh, yeah, provided <clears throat> everyone you know is unscathed. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, well. Uh, <clears throat> We had one of the technicians from Apocalypse Now who had done uh, you know, the napalm strikes in the jungle, and that you recall those you know, those amazing wide-angle shots where napalm literally ripples through uh, a whole tropical forest. Um, and uh, he'd done that, and he said, "I can put, you know, I, I can put a petrol cloud onto a building without it." leaving a scratch and uh, I thought well what better than the head office of a petroleum company uh, Esso um, the Sydney office of Esso we had persuaded them to be our location for the exterior of the uh, master criminals uh, penthouse uh, I don't think they really thought this through carefully uh, luckily um, and uh, so uh, in, the, in the climax the you know the safe full of grenades and god knows what else blows up and I wanted the windows of the penthouse to bl- blow out and the uh, you know petrol cloud come out of those windows and then an even bigger one come off the roof um, and we went to to Esso and said well you know, we can do this absolutely safely, and I think people in 1974, when we shot it, were all caught up in the the excitement of making movies in Australia. For the basically, it hadn't hadn't happened much for a generation, um, and uh, so people were the, the public, the general public, uh, and corporations uh, prior to let's say you know the d- degree of you know, le- le- you know, business affairs and legal that corporations have to deal with these days. They, they said, oh, yeah, cool. you, you, you know, we believe you. We, you you'll, you'll be fine. So anyway, we laid the mortars on the, um, the small mortars on the 18th floor. And, uh, and on, on time, we duly blasted those out, apparently. Um, I think there was a small yeah, scorch on one window ledge, but uh, it was eventually removed. But then the big one was to be on the roof, and we had a really big, you know, round drum of, uh, of you know, the appropriate chemical mixture. And the plan was to do this on a Sunday uh, and be done by four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and so we were running a bit late, and it, we probably didn't do we didn't do the big one on the roof till about four twenty thereabouts, I think. Uh, and uh, what we didn't know was that the fire brigade changed shift at four, 
And uh, you know, yeah. our we had notified them of our uh, you know going to do that we were going to do this, and it was all, all, everyone was aware of it at the fire brigade. And there happened to be a fire brigade station right outside, just across the street from the SO building. Uh, so, and, and they were just watching the proceeding, proceedings with great interest. Anyway, it was time to do it, so we did it, and kaboom, it went off, and whoa, it was a much bigger petrol cloud than I thought it was going to be. And um, yeah, it was seen from the Blue Mountains, 30 miles away. Um, traffic stopped on the Harbour Bridge, which was, let's say, you know, about, uh, you know, five or six hundred yards away, um, and they watched for a little bit, and then they drove on. Um, the, naturally, the, the fire brigade switchboard lit up like a Christmas tree, and uh, within less than two minutes, you know, there were fire engines screaming down the street from both directions to screech to a halt <laughs> below the building, and what they saw was a whole bunch of firemen sort of, uh, you know, having cups of coffee with us, looking at the disappearing smoke, uh, and uh, there was a bit of a fuss about that, but, you know, I mean, what can you say? It's Murphy's Law, you see, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and, and, and as, as the Australian film industry grew and as I grew as a filmmaker, um, you learned, you know, to, let's say, predict the unpredictable, to, to think, okay, now, are, are there any more implications to what we're about to do that we haven't thought of? Uh, so, but no one would allow me to do that again, I'm quite sure. No one would allow me to, you know, you know to do, put a giant fireball on the roof of, you know, and there was absolutely no, no danger of you know, the roof, can, you know, we want, you know, concrete and gravel up there and a flat roof. Um, but anyway, it was it was fun, and uh, you know, and there are stories I could tell you about dead end driving and you know, the, and, and the the gunfights and explosions that we did at night in that suburb, which kind of rattled people slightly. <laughs> well, we would probably uh, we'd all probably be in agreement that it's probably our favorite film of yours. I oh, think yeah, so it's because it's about something important. It, yeah, it's but, aging, you know right. how we're talking about your date, some of the datedness of some of your earlier work. I actually think it's aging better and it's actually more relevant right now as we're talking than it was yeah. when you did it in the 80s. You're absolutely right, and I thank you very mm-hmm. much. And I, I thank all those who appear online to share that opinion and, uh, and therefore go on and explore. You know, more of my work, uh, uh, most of which will probably disappoint them in some way. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, because no it depends, you know, if you're looking, you're looking for, uh, you know, I think I, I, I got a perfect blend in, in my my genre cocktail uh, with uh, you know with Dead End Drive, and uh, it, it did have a lot of in my sort of you know somewhat you know. Uh, overheated, over-the-top sensibility, uh, and it had a you know a strong visual sense, which I you know I had the 35 days in in order to do that, um, but it, it had an underlying it was an it was a, you know a, an allegory for anyone who wanted to see it that way embedded in the teen exploitation movie, uh, and it was completely. You know, reviled and ignored uh, in Australia, and no one liked it. They thought it was garish and and socially critical of its target audience. In fact, but it was, and that's what's yeah. brilliant about it. Yeah. Well, I wanted to do that, and uh, uh, I'm I'm lucky to have gotten away with it because no corporation would probably allow me to do that again. 
But this was not. The corporation that financed it was the New South Wales Film Corporation, a state government instrumentality that raised money and contributed from the state budget for $2.3 million, which was the budget wow. of the, the film uh, that I had to work with. Uh, and, you know, we had a great team and because it's all teamwork, you know. Um, I may be talking about it as if, you know, I painted every, you know, uh, every pixel on the screen, let's say, but no, it's a, I, 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 I led the painting, but uh, uh, filmmaking is a collaborative medium. I had a great cinematographer, a great stunt coordinator, uh, and the, the ideal location, that closed drive-in, soon to be demolished. Um, it, uh, I love the gutter putt aesthetic. I'm, I'm a huge fan of that. One of my favorite films is Street Trash, a film that was shot in New York, has a very similar aesthetic. Even the film that I was in this year, The Beats of Rage, has a bit of a gutter punch aesthetic. So there's a lot of indie filmmakers that are inspired by you because you've always been able to do stuff on the low budget and the quick and still come out with a pretty cohesive narrative and a beautiful aesthetic, especially with Dead End Drive-In. And uh, even with the, uh, I know there were tax breaks involved in that era, it still wasn't a lot of money to do a movie like that. No. Well, you see, m money is not necessarily what defines uh, – uh, well, uh, money can, to a degree, define how many shooting days you have or how many shooting days uh, de defines you know, the level of visual elegance that the, the picture will have. Uh, so um, uh, so it's, it's hard to say. I mean, I had 41 days on BMX Bandits, which was a $1.1 million wow. film. But uh, most of it was shot, well, an awful lot of it was shot with a reduced stunt unit, um, even though I had the kids for all seven weeks. Uh, and, but I had them for restricted hours because of their age. Um, mm -hmm. So it worked out. There was a way to, to actually get the necessary number of, of camera hours uh, to to make it you know to to deliver on the level that it needed to, uh, and uh, so when you're down to 15 days or 12 days and even and 18 days, you know, it's very hard to give it that pizzazz because you can't afford to take that extra half hour to do that really elegant tracking shot and so on and so forth. So. That, however, I mean, with, with Dead End Drive-In, it had, it it it, 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 it was about something. It was about something I believed in, and I'm, you know, something of a of a cynic about uh, society and, and how it is run. Um, and so it really it spoke to me. Um, what else have you seen? Oh, horror, more horror. I, I actually, I, I actually I have a question. Okay, go ahead, Raven. And then I want to bring it to Steve. I have him. I want to have him. Okay. Go ahead, Raven. When, when you said uh, about your opinion on society, I, <laughs> today I watched, um, forgive me if I say it wrong, Megiddo, Megiddo with Michael oh, York right. you and Udo Kier. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, uh, yes. I, okay, How prescient so got, is that? <laughs> How prescient is that? We, we have. Very you know, much we, so. We, we have. Yeah, uh, Michael York as uh, as the orange toad. Um, exactly. Yeah. No, it was creepy. It was creepy how right now that is. Um, and and what a cast. Yes. Um, so I was wondering, in all your movies, I've noticed just I've really I've been impressed with the casting, but the casting director isn't always the same. 
So how much of that is you? Well, you I'm ultimately, I make the, the final choice where I can, but very often, you know, there is a star name that floats the boat. You know, John Cusack uh-huh. floated the boat on Drive Hard. Uh, yeah. And if we could give him a script that he was prepared to do um, in time for his window of opportunity before his the next picture, I think it was the Cronenberg picture that he did, um, then uh-huh. he would do the movie. So all, you know, uh-huh. all hands on deck and... Uh, and, and get him that script that he will do, uh, and but it's got to be shot in 18 days. So, however, the the star casting was, you know, controlled therefore by the the financiers and the, the distributors. Uh-huh. Uh, so, in, in Megiddo, obviously, Michael York was, you know, this was the the prequel, um, and uh, it, it was a question of who would be prepared to do it because not. Everybody was right. in, in love with the idea of doing a Pentecostal uh, epic, um, but Michael Bean. I really Bean, loved it. You know, <laughs> he's perfect. Yeah, he's absolutely perfect. And Arlie Ermey. Uh, oh my goodness. And Lee Ermey. I well, wanted that, more that's Arlie my choice, Ermey. Obviously. Yeah, yeah I, I, I felt yeah, look, it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, no, he, I, I, I love Lee, and he was you know, a great man, and I'm, I'm so pleased yeah. to have you know made you know a couple of films with him. Um, but right. uh, but Megiddo has you know it has a, a it, it really is a good black comedy if you, if yeah. you look at it in, with the right spectacles on. Um, I think I did. Anyway, <laughs> you did. Evidently, you did. Uh, and I yeah. I'd love to see it get a bit of a resurrection. I mean, the, I don't really know whether the I, I'm quite sure the Pentecostals are behind Trump. Um, and uh, but the film is <laughs> yeah. they, they've made no attempt to um, uh, re-release the film. It's just strictly right. just something for video and download. Uh, I'd love to right. you know, see a see a print shown and you know the kind of you know specialty you know retro and art house theaters that uh, occasionally yeah. play. Well, I think it would. You know, oddball things. Indeed, I think it would do well on stage. There's a lot of Macbeth in there. Um, and I'm a, I'm a yes, theater nerd, is, so I always think about how uh, things would look on stage. I think that would be amazing. Well, myself and my writing partner rewrote the script because, you know, the producers said it, well, it was a long story, but the script they that that was going to be financed didn't make a great deal of sense. And we straightened uh-huh. it out by going Shakespearean. Right. And, uh, and it worked. The, the, and Michael York it, felt interesting it. Interesting Interesting parallel also in the story about, you know, uh, a young media mogul. Well, let's say it's, you know, know, Michael York uh, was, you know, basically the, you know, (laughs) someone who wanted to get rid of his father. Um, and you know, mm-hmm. I, I certainly got that feeling. Um, you know, hanging around that particular uh, <laughs> that particular church, um, and uh, right. so anyway, the, the patriarch is, has moved on, and the son has taken over. Um, but uh, anyway, it was a uh, it was a I was well treated by them, and uh, you know, they recognized my expertise, and they didn't realize mm-hmm. the film was as campy as it was because. I mm-hmm. guess 
they, they saw life in those terms, maybe. I don't know. Um, but uh, anyway, it was, it was fun, and I'm glad they poured all that money into it. Um, it's a pity the, the beast at the end was you know, a pretty poor PlayStation monster. Um, right. We, we were taken, taken to the it's not his on fault, that one by. <laughs> not his He's fault. He's just a no. dragon. He doesn't know any better. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was, re- he was represented by a tall man with a toilet uh-huh. plunger on his head. Um, that was what we shot. <laughs> I love it. Because the toilet plunger would increase his height to the, uh, sure. the height of the beast's face. And that was what Michael Bean had to look at. So his <laughs> eye line had to correct in the wider shots where he was there. So we oh, had man. a man in a green suit uh, with a, to- a green toilet plunger on his head. <laughs> what fun. Fantastic. So excellent. Mm. Now, I, I wanted to go, I want Steve to take this question, but I want to, I'm going to give it a little bit of a leeway. And then after Steve does his questions, I want to talk a little bit about Alice Through the Multiverse, your most recent project, which is actually a book. Uh, yes. So, uh, but first, my, my good sir, Steve Wandley, and we're talking about dated things, but also some of your films, let's just say, and you've mentioned this before, didn't actually hit when they first came out, let's be honest. I mean, they, they, some of them are like, one of them in particular, which is one I own on Blu-ray, I love, is Turkey Shoot. Uh, absolutely. There's actually, believe it or not, a pretty hardcore, solid cult fan base for Turkey Shoot in the States. We absolutely adore that movie. Um, yep. It's flaws and yeah. all. We just love it all. And Steve in particular, and I'm going to have him ask a couple questions about it, for this interview alone, watched it three times in a row. <laughs> Wow, Steve, you're a glutton for punishment. That's amazing. I did, uh, I well, did. I'm very pleased. I, I did. I, I'm, uh, I'm well. glad it, because aspects of it resonate very strongly today, particularly the first 10 minutes. Uh, and uh, so, you know, I, you know I, I, I got a lot of shit for making that film when I did. Wow. And uh, Imagine. You know, some people even said, you know, he should be run out of town on a rail, you know. Uh, he should never make <laughs> another film again. Um, there was outrage because, you know, partly because of the way the film, you know, the producer handled the film. He, he, I guess he, he, maybe he wanted to poke the art house community in the eye or something, but he entered it for the Australian Film Institute Awards. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the art oriented audience of the cultural elite were not, you know, they were not into people being riddled with arrows or, uh, uh, and exploding heads, um, uh, which, right? Yeah, you know, was actually a sort of a gap in their lives. But uh, and, and it, so there was much outrage, uh, and uh, uh, the film did better than than actually people, you know, have have you know, been told it did. Uh, though I I think I've I have told stories of the, the release in England where the distributor sent. Um, Chicken's feet to all the yeah, cinema critics uh, prior as a, an inducement to come to the uh, the premiere, uh, the press preview, right? uh, and it, because Turkey Shoot was billed in England as no film for chickens, so Chicken's feet were sent to the, the the cinema critics, but then there was a mail strike. And so the, the chicken's feet were stalled in the mail for nearly 10 days oh, and gross. arrived just before the, the, the day before the press preview, I think, uh, in 
in their putrefying state. <laughs> and uh, critics, you know, they're thinking that this is swag, you know, um, you know, opened their little packages and found a rotting chicken's foot. And this kind of got them a little testy. Uh, so they expended many more column inches in their reviews in the British press on the this outrageous film full of you know, violent, brutal acts, and, and, and even one critic said lesbian rape. And I'm quite sure every London commuter reading his, you know, his evening standard on the way home in the tube train or wherever thought, oh, lesbian rape, oh, I want to see that. Uh, so <laughs> the, the, the net effect of the critical outrage was to draw more people to the, the, the cinema. And even though the censor had cut all the good bits, well, some of the, the some of the more extreme bits out of it. Uh, you were lucky. You weren't put on the video nasty list. You were only classified as a two, not a three. So you you dodged the bullet there. Yeah, it was close. It was close. Uh, but you know, within a few years, of course, the uncut version is re-released in the UK as Blood Camp Thatcher. Which is a, a great ironic ending to that whole story. Yeah, absolutely. But. Uh, uh, it, but it, 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 the result of like the it. critical outrage was that the Warner West End 2, where it opened, uh, you know, had a box office record for the month of February, uh, and, and it opened in a, in a snowstorm, and there were queues around the box. Somehow people get to know in advance something is coming that is tasty. And, uh, and certainly, yeah. you know, the, fri- the reviews on the Wednesday, Thursday before it opened on the Friday, um, you know, drew a crowd. Anyway, I'm, I did not, I haven't had your question for you yeah, yet. Yeah, so. do you still have a question? <laughs> After all that, uh, I actually, sorry, I was just enjoying listening to stories about it. Um, oh, gosh, there was a lot there. Um, really, <laughs> I guess. My my question about Turkey Shoot when you when you're making a movie like Turkey Shoot, um, you know we, we've heard I, I was researched. I watched a lot of the films from the 70s and 80s, and um, I just there's such a sense of Wild West going on there. And how often uh, on these sets were did you ever feel like things were kind of maybe spiraling out of control because you know, when I see some of the the stunts in, you know, Man from Hong Kong or or Turkey Shoot, um, I just, you know, that would that would never ever happen today, I don't think. And um, uh, so I was wondering about that, if you ever remember any time specifically that anything got out of control. But specifically with Turkey Shoot, also uh, the only other question I had was about the uh, just the tone of Turkey Shoot, like. Do you think that maybe that has uh, aged better over time as we were talking as well as like some of your other films with just what it's trying to say and, uh, uh, you know, where we're at in society now, drawing a correlation with that? So I know those are two very vastly different things, but uh, (laughs) those are the things that get popping up in my head. Well, no, I think these are these are very you know, cogent points. Uh, Turkey Shoot has aged well, and when no one believed, you know, they thought it would just you know, disappear into the dust. I mean, who would want to? You know, how would that be 
be seen in 20 years' time. Uh, so uh, that was the, let's say, the arts elite. Uh, you know, that was their view. But the people who went to see it in the drive-ins of Australia um, where, you know, uh, they, you know, this was their cup of tea, let's say. Uh, and similarly in various countries all over the world, and that's why it has its worldwide cult following. And now the politics of the film, which was initially aimed at the Reagan era, uh, supply-side e economics uh, and, you know, right-wing, you know, populism, uh, and uh, I, that was... Now it's perfectly applicable to the Trump era. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, if they have their way, I mean, uh, yeah, behavior and uh, uh, modification, behavior modification and re-education camps uh, are not necessarily uh, uh, out of the question. I mean, look what's happening in China to, you know, the, uh, the Uyghurs. Well, uh, and they're about to have a new system where it's going to be a social value system, much like they did on this episode of the Orville I saw recently. So, and on Black Mirror too, where your, um, you know, your social score on how you uh, interact with people will make your value go up and down as a human being. That's kind of terrifying. That's happening right now. Yeah. I mean, that is truly Orwellian and ultimately, obviously, you know, uh, the state, you know, you know, controls every aspect of your life because it's better if they control it. They know better than you. You're uh, so. Uh, with the rise of authoritarian leaders across the world, uh, this is a society that they, you know, would think would, be, would work much better. They think for everyone concerned, particularly them, um, if it was yeah. instituted. I mean, people. You know, I mean, in the old Soviet Union, dissidents were considered to be mentally ill and needed psychiatric treatment in Soviet hospitals, such as being wound in in very tightly in wet sheets and other forms of you know, psychological torture, uh, just to help them see the error of their ways and or the aberrant of aberrance of their thinking. Uh, so, you know. It, you give people a taste of, of power with, that has no check or balance, then, you know, that is what you can expect. You, uh, you, yeah. So when you, when you can harness all the wonders of modern technology and put it to the use of, you know, an authoritarian government, um, then, you know, we're on a slippery slope. And uh, I, you know, I think yeah. America is at a, yeah, the most crucial uh, stage of its development in its history um, in 2020, where the American public will make a a moral or an immoral choice, and 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 yeah, that will play yeah, for yeah, that that will be a choice if it's an immoral choice that will be very hard to undo because. Uh, you know, uh, that the cement will start to harden quite quickly. Anyway, That's I don't nice. want to bring you down, um, but I'm <laughs> not no. on a happier note. Because yes, Alice through the multiverse. Yeah, Let us talk about that. Yes. I want to, yeah, but, but even
even your political stuff has a lot of escapism in it. And I wanted to leave that into your book because your book is, is actually, even though it's got a lot of school history in it, one of the things I like in particular, it takes place during the reign of Bloody uh, Mary Tudor, which is, you know, a Tudor family. I'm actually a direct descendant, too. So that kind of Oh, are you? Me. Yeah. Uh, she, had a, she had a bit of a yeah, raw deal, really. I mean, she burned 300 yeah. Protestants. Uh, and, uh, 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 hi, darling. I'm, uh, I'm in mid-podcast with right, three yes, very entertaining yes. witches. Uh, anyway, sorry. Hi, darling. That's all right. Your, your book, Alice of the Multiglass, which originally was called The Headmaster's Daughter, and then you uh, you update the headsman's daughter. Or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you're right. The headsman. I'm sure there is a headmaster, headmaster's daughter too. <laughs> that uh, would be. That's, that's uh, a porn film we don't talk that's about. That's the porn movie right? I need to do. Right. Yeah. yeah okay. No. No. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, 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 the headman's daughter, which is about a next. The headsman's daughter. Headsman's yes. Daughter. Yeah, off yeah, with I his apologize. head. So now it's that's all right. I apologize. Yes. Alice through the That's the book I'm reading right now. It's out through the multiverse. And it's, I won't get into too much, but it's kind of one of those, uh, like, like kind of like the Slaughterhouse-Five, where there's a dual story happening with one character, and it's kind of centering around that character. But a lot of it is very similar to your movies. There's the act, uh, there, in the first few chapters, there's a, a car chase, a big one. Uh, you've got guns. You've got, you've got science fiction going on. You've got an asylum horror going on. Uh, and a lot of really interesting, fun characters. Even the villains are really fun to read. So I want to talk a little bit about your book. And I know you've been trying to, for the last couple of years, develop it into a screenplay. And, and I was wondering how, what any progress on that was. Well, you see, it actually started as a screenplay. It started as a, 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 a dream I had of a girl running away. Or a, a medieval execution is interrupted by, you know, a, a rebellion a girl is running through the forest in uh, a raging thunderstorm that reaches a sort of paroxysm of, uh, of you know, fireworks. And then suddenly she wakes up and she is actually in a 20th century, uh, you know, padded cell. That was the dream. And I built on the dream, uh, you know, uh, every day uh, into uh, as new ideas came to me. Generally, while I lapped the UCLA pool uh, for 45 minutes every day, um, my wife was doing her PhD studies there, and I got access to the UCLA pool. So it, it, I find I get ideas while I swim. So I built the screenplay on that. It got optioned. Uh, we could not get uh, Clara okay. Knightley or, or Scarlett Johansson for it eventually financing fell away and uh, so it's it's it, it it lay dormant but it still gnawed my liver so uh, I decided a few years ago I would write it as a novel and uh, then I did and then I you know, adapted it in the second edition for it to be better um, and have the you know nice butterfly effect uh, uh, ending, which you know, uh, I guess, crystallizes my progressive ideas and philosophy. Um, what would America be uh, if certain things had not happened? Um, yeah, and uh, in its formative years. So, um, so I, you know, I, it, it evolved as uh, from a, a movie idea to a book. 
and now I have an agent uh, who is out there this very week starting to pitch it to companies as a streaming service, and I have written uh, the first, you know, first hour pilot, uh, and uh, we'll That's see awesome. if you know uh, anybody bites. And and sir, because uh, my sound is starting to act up again, can you let my audience know where they can find this book available? Well, I had I self-published it, uh, and so it is on Amazon and Kindle. If you um, you know want to you know. Uh, Spend the princely sum of three dollars and sixteen cents on Kindle. You will, uh, you can get it. And if you have Kindle Unlimited, you get it for free because you're paying for access to so many books. Um, and if you uh, can, you know, take a second job and sum up, sum up the uh, twelve dollars necessary for a paperback, that would be good too. Uh, so, so that's those are the two venues you know, that you can get it from. I'm writing my memoirs at the moment. I hope a, a real publisher will want to um, uh, to publish it. Uh, but uh, with with Alice through the multiverse, I I knew it was a long process to get to get a, a first time you know author published, if at all. But you can do it yourself uh, on Kindle uh, and, and and yeah through CreateSpace on on Amazon. So that's what I did. So go, any interested parties listening and or if you know friends who like paranormal thrillers that take place in two time zones uh then you know alice you know uh, you know through the multiverse is for you well that's fabulous and thank you for coming on the show and and the rest of the sexy thank you so much thank you thank you so much are you are you facebook friends Yes, we are. Yes, so yes. We are. Do I, I mean, forgive me in my ignorance. I have four thousand five hundred of them. Many of them, very few of whom I actually know. But uh, <laughs> I just wondered, are you among them? I definitely am. I am. Oh, I'm going to be right and, now. Uh, oh no. <laughs> I don't. And, think and I, I will am. share I your Facebook page and make sure people find your book. And thank you for coming on the show and talking yeah, about your Yeah, they can meet film. my dear too. Oh, and, and, they and go and to my life. Facebook page. Yes. 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 And uh, we thank Australia and England for producing someone like you. It's one thing to have a one great auteur film and get all this Oscar accolades. It's another thing to know that there's people like yourself there that have been in the trenches and have been consistently working for most of their adult lives. So thank you for that. Well, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. And you know, I've, I'm so often interviewed by men when really I, you know, uh, I, I'd far rather be interviewed by women. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so nice. Empathy. Uh, they have greater empathy. Uh, anyway, but thank you very much, and uh, thank you for watching my films and for reading my book. Great. We we love you, and we will and let us know how if Alice uh, in the Multiverse is greenlit. Please let us know. We'll we'll let everybody know. I will, and I I will continue to listen to your site, and uh, uh, and uh, you know uh, because you know horror will always be of uh, of interest to me. Fabulous. Okay. So, Good night. Thank you. Good night. Thank so, you. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead and hang up yourself, sir. Bye bye. And that was Brian Trenchard Smith, guys. What do you think? All right. I'm still so excited. <laughs> that was that so was awesome. That was such a great 
interview. And thank you again, sir. That was wonderful. I also want to thank Aaron Marie and Eric Holt and uh, Aaron Kogan for all coming on earlier. The sound was sketchy. We had some issues, but we made it through the night. And uh, Steve and Raven, thank you for deep diving Brian Trenchard Smith movies with me. Anytime. And oh, yeah. I, I'm going to take a three-week break off of um, Sexy Witches for a bit, uh, and I will do an episode on the 28th. But um, in the next couple weeks, I will actually do a repo nerds with um, with Steve. And Steve, I decided we should do a Brian Trenchard Smith episode since we've watched so many of his films. All right, let's do it. Yeah, we will. So we'll talk about that off air later. And Raven, we will talk right. about the madness very, very soon, and more stuff like uh, that because you get because you're the team leader, you get first watch, first see on all of my stuff. Uh, and we have a lot coming up wow. in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we also have uh, westerns are coming up. We're going to do that the first week of June. Our sexy witch round robin on right. our favorite westerns. So that'll nice. be fantastic, and uh, which is a genre we don't always cover. Uh, I don't have any new music tonight. Oh, I should also say uh, the uh, Madness rule post, which I will post a thing later on on it, will be this year. Get this ready, everyone. The 22nd of October. Of, um, take it back. That's wrong. <laughs> it will be the 24th of September. I repeat, it will be the 24th of September. And the madness this year starts a little late. It will start on the 5th of October. So it's a little later this year, but it's also five-week madness. So come back on the 24th of October if you're interested in listening to how the madness will be played this year. Uh, come back on the 28th to listen to the next edition of Sexy Witches, and you can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, all that stuff. You know where to find us. We're here on Blog Talk, whether we like our sound or not. And um, don't forget a Reef Owners is also popped up every once in a while, once a month, twice a month, whenever we feel like doing it. So all of this is available now. I'm going to leave you tonight with Figment, which is uh, my, when I don't have any music queued up, this is the music I use. Um, and so I am going. So I hope the sound is good. I have no idea if the um, thing worked. I hope it did. Do you think it worked, guys? Do you think we got the, we got the interview in? I think, oh, I think we got it. I think we, I got, think we it. got it. We'll have to find out. Fingers crossed because I don't know. I've never had it have a conversation fingers crossed. Like that before. Yeah, fingers crossed. But we'll leave yeah. tonight with Figment from the Dawn of the Dead remake. Uh, or no, the original Dawn of the Dead. And um, good, good film hunting and blessed be. Good night, everybody. I hope to see you in a couple weeks. Good night. Good